0: to walk out with only Addis like Lex Luger and the of all night.
1: I am not a happy camper. What is Bully Ray's motivation? You know, I love you. I know he loves sugar. But I checked my pocket. I don't have no donuts. I don't have no cheeseburger. I know you love sugar, but I ain't got none to be the man, you gotta beat the man, and I'm saying, whoo, right here, in Nashville, Tennessee, pal, I'm the man. Booking a match for the total package of Lex Luger and Super Bowl, Super Saturday, what is it, I don't even know what it's called, what is it called? Super Bowl Saturday. Super Bowl Saturday? you don't lose faith in winners and Ric Flair day in and day out every day of his life. Just keep the winning and winning and winning. Ric Flair! <gasps> New York City, Ric Flair! You're gonna find out what hard is all about! I do exactly what I want to do. You say I'm insane? I say thank you very much!
0: Meek. Make a make a good good I hate
1: God. Hit yes! the day! Yeah! We love you, Scotty. Today, woo, I've got the style and profile like never before. You guys talk about being students of the game. I am the f- game, Jr. Eight. It is Wednesday night, and the time is right for some wrestling outlet. What is going on, you creepy, silly fuckers out there? Holy hell, the word's going, world is going to hell in a handbasket, and we're right here for it, aren't we, folks? Anyway, like I said, Wednesday night, wrestling outlet. I am Boxman, and across from me, riding shotgun as usual, is.
0: It is I. Once again, the one and only Smike Wahlberg. How are you today, sir?
1: I'm doing pretty damn good, man. Not bad. Not bad. Um, be a couple of... uh How are you
0: a broadcasting professional, of course? Yeah. yeah.
1: I'm not too bad, actually. Um, got a few things going on. Got uh, doing something I've always wanted to do. I'm finally taking the family on vacation next week. So, I'll... No, I'll be here next week. The week... No, I won't be here next week. Uh, let me think. Hold on. Give me a second.
0: Listen, if you're going to
1: lie, you should at least make up the lie first. I honestly don't want to say where I'm going on this, just because there's a surprise happening. But um, give me a second. I'm, I, that's why I'm being vague. All right. So here's the deal. I'm leaving next Thursday night. I will not be here next Wednesday. I'll be driving home. Um, but uh, I will be back for Saturday and Saturday. So Mark, actually, if you want to jump on with me next Saturday. Instead, I have an idea that I want to uh, roll by you to see if you want to uh, do for a Hollywood Hangout. Um, and I'm sorry I didn't do Hollywood Hangout on Saturday. I didn't know I had a party to go to. And they wanted to drink beer and play poker. I left with 260 in my pocket. Anyway. uh <laughs> <laughs> wasn't a bad night, so I did what I had to do, but anyway, uh, I apologize for that, I should have done it, but uh, yeah. So, we, um, the thirteenth mark, we were uh, we're gonna have to uh, not be here, like I said, I'll be out of town driving back. So, uh, there you go, there you go, we're taking the family out, a little vacay, never done that before, I've never taken my family on vacation. Finally, right now, I'm in a position where I can do it. Work told me. Take the time off, go do it. So I'm doing it. We're gonna leave on Thursday night, and um, we'll be back the next Thursday. And my wife's got surgery on that Friday, so I was gonna take that day off anyway. So it's gonna, it's gonna be a uh, it's gonna be a lot of driving and a tough week. <laughs> but uh, I'll knock it out either. way. It won't be bad. I don't. Uh, I don't mind doing the driving. It's just uh, a long drive.
0: I am not in the know as to what the surprise is, but if you were planning on taking your family to Disneyland, you've missed out on the opportunity to see Joey Ryan.
1: You know, that was one <laughs> that, that that was something I was going to get into. All right,
0: <laughs> it was not on the docket, as far as I can recall. So I can no, just threw that one out it, there. It Funcies. wasn't.
1: It wasn't. But I caught on. Uh, I caught it on Facebook that he actually was fired from the job now because. Listen, the guy was a cute, this guy also had a gimmick where he had everyone grab his dick. I mean, it, but I hate to say this, I, I'm no fan of Joey Ryan, I never have been, but he does deserve a second chance. I know everyone, oh, he shouldn't be working with kids and teenagers. Was he accused of messing with an underage girl? Do I, I, I don't I remember. Well, go ahead, Smart.
0: Not that I recall, but honestly, everything came out in a flurry, so it was hard to keep track of who did what. I
1: don't think he was. I also don't think he was accused of doing anything um, with with, with children. I wouldn't even be talking about him, giving him any second on this show if he was, to be honest with you. I would completely just—he would be dead to me as far as I'm concerned But um, if he had done anything with children. But he wasn't accused of any of that. You know what? The guy's out there trying to make a living. He's not— trying to be famous he's not doing that it's not like he's in this big show business thing can we not have just left him alone to do a job make money and i mean seriously disney is full disney's full of scum and and bullshit anyway and we're worried about one dude who was just accused of a few things never convicted in court go ahead smart i'm sorry
0: I just realized that we missed out on a golden opportunity because there is literally a song by Weird Al called Skipper Dan, mm-hmm. that co- whose chorus goes, I'm the tour guide on the Jungle Cruise ride. Skipper Dan is my name. And that would have been the perfect song to come into. If we, <laughs> had I known we were going to talk about this. I, I
1: just, listen, I'm not defending the guy in any way. I'm just saying, you know, it's not like, I mean does everybody? Want the guy working at Seven Eleven, or working at a fucking restaurant or something like that? What restaurant's going to make you happy? What job is going to make you happy that he can be in? Well, if he's working at a restaurant, usually there's teenagers working there too, waitressing and doing stuff like that. Uh, kids come into the restaurant also. Pretty much anywhere he goes, he's going to be around teenagers and children. Kind of. Yes. I don't know if you know this, but there's a lot of teenagers and children in this world, pretty much everywhere you go.
0: Listen, the restaurant industry is no place for sleazy preference <laughs> or drug addictions or alcoholics or uh, what else am I coming into contact with? Uh,
1: I, I thought it was the perfect place. I, I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like I said, I'm not defending the guy I've. Kind of said he was a scumbag for a long time. Him and David Starr. I'm just going to say one thing. I was right on both of them. But uh, <laughs> but um, I just, I I I really feel that, look, he, he wasn't out there trying to get back in the wrestling business. He was just out there working. And then someone had to out the fucking guy. I'm sorry. I think it was bullshit. I think it was bullshit. I really do. I just, my opinion. I don't know what you think, but please tell me.
0: I mean, at some point, you have to be able to find some kind of form of employment, even if you go to jail. So, I mean, after, after a while, yeah, he's, he's got to find a way to eat. He can't You can't just plug and starve the guy to death, even if he is a piece of shit. It's like, yeah, pieces of shit, unfortunately, have to work, too. A like, pieces of shit should be the only people that have to work. We have to figure out a way to make that happen. But until then, everybody needs a job.
1: That would mean every piece of shit would be in jail, and everybody that was deemed not a piece of shit would not be. The problem is who deems who pieces of shit. Oh yeah, I'd,
0: I'd pretty much be fucked in either scenario—the current I'm, scenario or this imaginary mm, scenario. So I'm not really gonna push too hard for
1: it. Yeah, and again, it's the whole—you know—who says who is this and who is that? It's—it's it's a whole thing. But um, Twitter,
0: I guess. Twitter is the arbitrator of morality, which is a, a scary proposition.
1: <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, most definitely is. Oh jeez! All right, here. Well, you know we do have a uh, a lot to get into. Um, we obviously had Forbidden Door um, over the weekend, which I got to admit I didn't watch it over the weekend. I actually watched it last night, but um, damn. Damn, not a bad card. Just I really felt just a an overall good pay-per-view, not a bad card on the match. I thought every match was fun. It didn't matter if you knew who the guys were or not. They went out there and put on a fucking, literally, they just went out there and put on a fucking show. That was it. I felt like they went out there and just put on a wrestling show. You didn't need to know all the details and the storylines and this and that. Um, you just, I mean, they still went out there, told the story of the match, and I thought it was a great show on every, I mean, pretty much every match. One match, I thought the chemistry was off. I think you can probably guess what that is. But, um, otherwise, I thought it was a really good show. I don't know about you, Mark.
0: I mean, all things considered, I thought it was a pretty good show. There was just a menagerie of injuries, just one after the other. People keep getting hurt, people keep, keep getting hurt, people keep getting hurt. So as much as like there had to be substitutions made and the card had to be shuffled around a bit, and I think it was all in all a pretty good show. And I, I kinda like the idea that it wasn't just a like sort of super show or spot show or whatever to look at it. There was actual storylines and continuity and things that would have an actual meaning and impact on the product moving forward. There's you know, titles on the line and some angles and things like that. So all in all it was a good show.
1: Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. And you're right. There was it was a few things on the line. You're right. It wasn't just a, just a super show. It, it it like I said, man. I had a really good time watching it. Flew by. I didn't think I'm, I'm like, holy shit, it's fucking over already. It's kind of how uh, dynamite or blood and guts went tonight. I was like, holy shit, it's almost nine o'clock already. So it flew by. But I mean, um, I'm really not looking to spend a ton of time on. Blood and guts, Mark. Obviously, we're a few days out, but um, I guess we can get into it real quick. Right? Sure. All right. Well, kicked off with um, I mean, obviously, this was uh, again, obviously, we all know this was kind of AEW versus New Japan. Not really versus, but uh, they were just kind of in a lot of all, most of the matches. Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Minoru Suzuki. Old murder grandpa was out there. Uh, they defeated Eddie Kingston, Wheeler Yuda, and uh, Shota Umino. But um, Kingston and Suzuki were out there chopping the shit out of each other, and the crowd was fucking loving it. Um, I thought Jericho, every time someone beat up Kingston, Jericho just took advantage of it and beat him up more. Um, but, uh, I thought that was great. I thought, um, it was just a really fucking good match. I thought this match told a pretty fucking good story too. Like I said, man, a lot of these matches were just pretty good overall, but, uh, Jericho hits the Judas effect and, uh, boom match over. So I thought it was a good match. And pretty much anytime you can see Suzuki and the, uh, Minoru Suzuki in the ring is a gift. In my, yeah, yeah.
0: That I, I was actually one of my favorite, potentially my favorite match of the night. I just, I think everything worked out well. Because there was the story involved with it, and then it was also it was the first match of the night, sir, but the crowd was super fucking hot. Mm. Just from start to finish, they were going nuts the entire time. And like you said, the the interactions between Suzuki and Kingston were cool. I think we were all expected to see that at some point during that match. We got it in abundance. So yeah. All in all, that was a good thing. I think we all got what we expected from that.
1: Yeah, most definitely, man. Like I said, I just thought, thought it, it, well, I'm sorry, like you said, definitely a good match to kick off the show with. I thought, I really thought it was. I thought that was a perfect match to kick off the show with. Just got the crowd hot. This crowd was hot the whole night. I don't think they fucking calmed down all night from any of this. Um, They were pretty much just on their feet the whole fucking night. So great shit right there for the for a kickoff match. FTR came out and retained the ROH tag titles and also won the IWGP tag team titles. Um, at one point in this match, it looked like uh, old Dax was hurt. He left uh, the ring with, with, uh, with a doctor, which left Wheeler alone in the ring, and all the other teams attacked him. Um, but Hardwood uh, was basically just selling he had it and came back out. Crowd went fucking nuts when he came back out, too, man. And then a few near falls happened. Bang. Big rig for the win.
0: when this happens in matches and I know I it, it doesn't help that FTR is involved and I, I don't particularly care for them I mean they're good wrestlers but they're just boring individuals hmm. but I, I hated it when Cody did it I didn't like it in this match I, I don't like it in general where it's long drawn out like you know they're going to come back and then you just have to spend the rest of the match waiting for them to come back until you know something's not actually going to end up happening until they do right so I, I didn't like that part of it but I mean it it got over it achieved the goal that it was striving for because the idea was to get FTR more over and make them look like, you know, more fighting champions. But I just, I think it's very hokey in my opinion, but it is what it is. Everybody else, like you said, everybody else seemed to love it. So.
1: Yeah. They, they yeah, it's kind of like now it's, it's kind of known as like the Mick Foley return spot, you know, kind of, well, kind of from the fucking, uh, cage match that, I mean, we saw a great cage match tonight too, but, uh, you know, it's kind of like that. Um, Daniel Bryan's done it. Everyone does it. Um, every, a lot of people have done that. four
0: years ago, as of yesterday, by the way.
1: That's right.
0: That cage match. Wow.
1: Wow. That's a long fucking time, man. <laughs> Boy, if you I mean,
0: at least with that, that was a genuine, they didn't know if he was going to continue in that match. Yeah, that He got seriously fucked up. Whoa. It wasn't just like, all right, we need to get him over as being a tough fighting champion.
1: No, he was unconscious. I yes. mean, he was unconscious, so, you know, that uh, that's one thing. I don't know why my daughter's out there yelling, but eh, here we are. Ooh, yelling at Mommy. Uh, anyway, we got uh, we had Juice Robinson after that, Smart, and Jay White. They cut a promo. They're basically just talking about the matches that are coming up tonight, their matches that are coming up. Um, and then we had the All-Atlantic title. Uh, we had uh, Clark Connors versus Pac versus Malachi Black versus Miro. I got to say, I was really going into this match and, you know, before I really expected uh, Miro to come out the winner in this one. I don't know what you were thinking because we never really did. Prediction. I did
0: too. You did too? Yeah, I don't know. There's just something about him overall that he's just like, you know, there's certain people who need belts and there's certain people who don't. I don't think he necessarily needs a belt, but he's just somebody who just seems like they should be a champion at almost all times. Like, they just look good with a belt, and there's, you know, his character specifically of just being, you know, badass, just sort of world-beater. It just seemed like it made the most sense to give him the belt.
1: He just looks like he should be walking down to the ring with something over his shoulder or around his waist. I agree. I do, and I really thought he was going to yeah. be the one, but um, I also don't mind him giving this to Pac. I really don't. I think it's actually another good choice. I mean, if anybody else, kind of think Pac was the guy to give it to. Um, I got to say, I don't know anything about Clark Connors, but motherfucker went out there and worked his fucking balls off in this match. I'll tell you that
0: um he's a new japan dojo guy so he's yeah. a LA dojo i think he's where he's out of uh yushi got hurt so i ended up having to take his spot so mm-hmm. everybody was pissed that they didn't get to see yushi so i felt bad for him because he was like the unfortunate guy that ended up taking over the role and there was just a bunch of like when that was announced who and why and like even i wrote on their twitter account like couldn't have found somebody less boring but everywhere he had a good showing i'll go i thought I. so Uh, SBC was saying that, um, he, he had, he liked him. He said he looked good. He had a mini HPK look to him.
1: I saw a lot of people fucking saying that. I really did. I don't know if I agree with it, but I definitely saw a lot of people saying it. So someone agrees with that. I mean,
0: in terms of just actual like look and ring attire or just like the way that he moved. Like, I'm not exactly sure. Right, I didn't really.
1: I, did, I never asked anyone to to sort of exaggerate or, you know, kind of elaborate on it either. So I don't really know. But a lot of people said he just kind of had a HBK look to him. I don't know. I don't know. And, and of, of course, Ishii was hurt, by the way. Everybody for this show. The show was plagued. Like you said earlier, with fucking injuries, you had Punk, who was hurt before this show was even like before when this show was just in its infancy. Punk got hurt. Brian got hurt. Uh, like you said, Ishii uh, Takahashi got hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Had a pull out of that. Um, I Danielson. Mean, I mean, Andrade said he was also scheduled until the politics got involved. So there's, I mean, not hurt, but there's another one that was, you know, looking forward to. Just. I don't know, man. I, I I really, I thought this show was going to be, I mean, with all the bad going on before it, you thought, my God, how how could this show not just be plagued with fucking bullshit? And really, the show went off like a, pretty much without a hitch, man. I, they just give, didn't, they never gave you time to breathe between matches, I'll tell you that.
0: So he, SBC saying very literally, in the face, he looks like HBK. In the so face? I got to pull up the picture. In the face! Eh, maybe a little bit. Like, his eyes are too close together, but... <laughs> or his eyes are too separate, I should say. Hold on, now but I gotta... I, I can see it a little bit. Now
1: I gotta remind myself what this prick looked like. Hold on, hold on. Clark... Kent. Oh, no, wrong name. Okay, John Connors... Clark Connors, kind of in
0: is. body language, I would say in body language, he's got a little bit of an HP guy think, on.
1: Is it the hat? Is it the hat? It could be.
0: It could be the hat. Yeah, hat might. yes. Might be the so hat. Anybody in a cowboy hat is Sean Michaels-esque.
1: I mean, I mean, you could. Oh, it reminds me of James Storm a little bit too with the hat. Oh, come on, people, let's get with this, bleak. Hold on, let me see. I guess hey, a little bit. He came bit. back
0: on the uh, Slammiversary show.
1: I actually see this guy looking a little more like James Storm than HBK. He's got some he's
0: got some a little bit of a couple of different people.
1: Yeah. Oh shit. He was trained by Shibata. One of which I
0: don't want to say because I don't want to do it to the guy but
1: trained by Buddy Wayne Shibata, who we saw Storm and uh, damn out of uh, Snoqualmie, Washington. I don't know. I think you fucking put on a good show, though. I'll tell you that. I will say that. Yeah. But uh, like I said, I think it was uh, nope. I had zero issues with, with Pac win, and I don't think you would either. But um, first singles gold in AEW smart for him, for Pac
0: yeah, I don't have any problem with him when I'm like, he's somebody who could be world champion. I just think that he had some problems like travel issues and stuff. So for a while there, it kind of became a question of would he be able to show up to certain shows that kind of put a hamper on some of his potential in terms of a ceiling of being able to be a champion. I think that got Mm -hmm. resolved now. So forward.
1: No, yeah, I I get And definitely, I mean, we would always be like, okay, he was there for two weeks and then suddenly where the fuck did PAC go? He's been gone for like two, yeah. if, like three weeks. And then he would cut up, you know, do these little promos from, you know, his little insane apartment promos. So we always knew he was around. We just never knew exactly where he was. So looks like right. he's, uh, might've got all that taken care of and travel back and forth. Isn't as bad as it was. It's, uh we'll see how long that lasts. Um, all right. We go from there. Right to Darby Allen, Sting, and Takagi. Uh, they defeated the Young Bucks and El Phantasmo. Um Dude, uh, the only thing I took from this match is... Sting can fly. Um, <laughs> Sting can fly. Indeed. At 60. He's a 63-year-old flying man. I, I, I don't know if he just said... If he's finally at the whole, uh, fuck it, if I break, I break. Or if he's just like, I'm still going to, I am I just want to get out there and prove I can still do, uh, keep up with the young guys. I worry about Sting sometimes just as much as I worry about Darby. If that makes any sense.
0: <laughs> he's... He's got a little bit of that like Terry funger or PCL in him. Where he's just like <laughs> the older he gets, the more reckless he wants to be. And like I, I don't understand why, but I'm here for it. Because like when he came back after the injury, because you know, he had that injury where he took the buckle bomb from Rollins and it was supposed to be like the end of his career, we didn't know if we'd see him again. I was thinking that he would be back, but he would be very safe.
1: Uh-huh. And like I
0: wouldn't blame him for that, but Nope, he is just jumping off of everything Just Sting just fucking diving all over
1: the place I'm loving it too, man I just worry, I do, I worry for Sting I like, Sting is the icon We like to keep icons, you know, close to our vest here You know, keep them them safe Wrap them in bubble wrap and shit like that, you know Um Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe we should just make Some sort of, uh, like a Like a balloon suit for, uh, for Sting Where he can do these jumps and we can not Worry about him Um but I don't know. I mean, I, 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 first of all, I was just shocked the Young Bucks ever lost a match because they usually don't do that. But, uh, really, like I said, I just thought, I just, that was the only thing I took out of this match. I was watching the match. I didn't take many notes. The only thing I said was, fucking Stain can fly. That's my notes. Fucking stinking hey, can can? fly. Yes. Yeah. Who knew? Who knew? Um, after that, we had the uh, little announcement: AEW returning to New York for Grand Slam. That's going to be a uh, two. It's going to be uh, Arthur Ashe Stadium on September 21st. But I believe they're also doing a, gra- a rampage for um, Grand Slam. Also, they announced tonight too. Uh then of course we had uh, Umino back, and Jericho decided to show him that he's still a wizard with a fireball. Indeed. Interesting, interesting, Jericho and his fireballs. Where I wonder where he's getting that flash paper. Nope, did I just no, read it? Not
0: me? from Hulk Hogan.
1: Uh, no, the flash paper was fine. It was the lighter. He couldn't light the lighter.
0: <laughs> I think that was the only fireball that ever actually hit the person that was throwing it without help from anyone
1: else. Jericho's had great luck with the fireballs, I must say. He's, he's doing very well with the fireballs. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing. Now, Smart, I didn't say there was one match that, in my personal opinion, I just think that they just don't have good chemistry. Something is off when it comes to these two in the ring together. Thunder Rosa and uh, defeated Tony Storm to retain the AEW women's title. But, I mean, I'm not saying it was a bad match. I'm just saying these two look like they're fucking... I mean, they always say this isn't ballet. These two look like they're doing ballet together when they're when they're in the ring. Uh, something's just not right. Rosa did use Dustin Rhodes finisher for the win, just to give him a little a little nudge, a little a little nod. But uh, I don't know. Well, am I being picky? I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, if
0: that's how you feel, that's how you feel. But I didn't really have a problem with it, just outside of the fact that it was pretty predictable. And like wow. we talk about you know, over and over again, if it could still be a good match, if you can sort of, if they can do something to suspend your disbelief and make you think that it might not be as predictable as you thought it was, but that wasn't what happened. It just, you kind of knew what was going to happen and then what you thought was going to happen, happened and that was about it.
1: Yeah. Maybe that's why. I don't know. Maybe that's why I didn't really, see it speeding up ever. It just seemed like it just never really picked up to me. Like, it never got in that second gear. Definitely not in third gear.
0: And it certainly wasn't in full gear.
1: No, there you go. It just felt like it stayed in first to me. It just felt like it stayed in in in, in low. But, uh, maybe I don't know. Uh, and
0: plus, like, somatically, it was the only, like, match that didn't have obviously because New Japan doesn't have a women's division but it didn't have a New Japan talent involved true so it's like there was all these big matches and the crowd was super hot and there were these crazy spots going on and then just kind of hit i don't know you should have plateaued i guess
1: yeah maybe and i mean the crowd really wasn't going crazy maybe the crowd might have already been fucking they they might have needed a break
0: yeah
1: well if they got a break for that match uh then this match definitely got him right back on their feet Will Osprey versus Orange Cassidy Will Osprey did defeat Orange Cassidy man this was for the IWGP US heavyweight title um pretty much whenever i know orange cassidy is in a match i know one thing the match at minimum is going to be fun mm-hmm. but you always i don't want to say you forget but Cassidy's so good at doing the comedy the way he does it that you forget that that motherfucker can really go and hang with right. the best of them, which I felt he did, did definitely did.
0: Yeah, I, I, some of that I think has to do with the fact that he was injured for a couple months and then even before that he was in that multi-man match. Yeah, So he hasn't really had a singles showcase in a minute. I, the last sing, like singles for you that I can remember him having was uh, his feud with Jack Evans, and they had, like, the hair versus hair match, and that was quite a while ago, because Jack Evans has been out of that company for at least a month or so now. But, right, yeah, like, just when he gets the opportunity to have singles matches and, like, high-profile matches he can deliver, because I was thinking back to that match that he had at Revolution with Pat was, like, that was one of the better matches of that show, and that was also the same show they had that, like, tag team match that everybody loved. So it was like, you know, he can perform when given the opportunity. It's just, you know, he does some tag matches, he does the six-man, whatever. He just doesn't have a lot of opportunities to showcase himself in that way.
1: Very true. Yeah, you're right. And I mean, you know, we're, you know, putting over Cassidy, but I mean, obviously Will Ospreay is pretty much known for having pretty damn good matches all the time. So, you know, it's kind of obvious, but... Cassidy, like I said, it's just strange. Like I said, he does the comedy so well, you forget how good he is and that he can go. And he can also go out there and do those comedy matches, go out there and have a fucking, you know, orange mimosa match with Jericho or whatever the fuck that was. Um, and still make it interesting, fun. You Even if it's stupid, you still want to watch it. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I th- this was a really you know fast paced good match, not as much comedy as you as you would have expected out of it, but definitely a little bit here and there. Um, like I said, Will Osprey w- wins the match. Um, after the match, Trent and uh, uh, Trent and uh, what's his name Chuck come out and they save uh, Orange Cassidy, but because uh, United Empire was down there, but there were too many. And then we got, like I just said a few minutes ago, we got Shibata out there. And I think people were shocked. And uh, Yeah. Go ahead.
0: Oh, no, it's just... I mean, there was some potential that it, he could be out there, but it was not a foregone conclusion. and mm-hmm. It was not a guarantee. And he's sort of a rare figure these days because he kind of, you know, almost like how before he came back, the sort of Daniel Bryan thing of just... Really talented wrestler, but just got injured early on, didn't get a chance to fully let his career play out. But a lot of people really enjoy him. So it was, a lot of people were very excited to see him.
1: Definitely, definitely, man. Looked like that crowd was fucking definitely happy to see him. And then when he put on those fucking he puts on the sunglasses, holy shit, thought the crowd was going to fucking lose their mind. <laughs> Which they
0: almost completely blew because they were trying to jump to the next segment. Mm-hmm. And like Taz had to bring him back. <laughs> come on, guys. Back. Guys in the truck. Get back to the ring. Fucking Taz. Fucking Taz. He's come a long way from somebody who didn't even talk for like the first couple of years of his career. He's really solid at commentator. I,
1: I like Taz. I do. I always have. I Plus,
0: he posted a photo on Twitter the other day that was basically just like somebody stopped me at an airport today and asked me if they could take a picture with Hook's dad. <laughs> <laughs> and it was this like little kid. He was like this eight-year-old kid or whatever, and he was wearing a Hook t-shirt, and he had the like biggest shit-eating grin on his face. He couldn't believe that he was hanging out with Hook's dad.
1: Oh, my God. You know what? That's a proud dad moment right there. I'm sorry.
0: Oh, for sure. Like, you could tell that he was very genuinely pleased that, like, his son was so popular.
1: Absolutely. That is a proud demo. He was like, motherfucker, I, I made that. I did that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Me, all right here. That all made that. Taz was feeling good, is all I'm saying. Uh, anyway, I think we should move on. Um all right, speaking of that, uh, had, had another little, uh, little shocker. I wouldn't say a shocker for this next match, Mark. Um, Brian Danielson's replacement, which did turn out to be Claudio. A lot of people were thinking it was probably going to be him. Um, there were a few other people named off the top of my head right now. I'm blanking and I can't think of any that were. Uh, but, um, There were a few, even as far as a a Bray Wyatt, a Wyndham was mentioned um, on one of these. But uh, it was Claudio Castagnoli, formerly Cesaro. Fans went nuts. I saw people like, well, they didn't really go crazy until he got in the ring. Uh, They were maybe in a little bit of shock, maybe even if it was talked about. The rumor was he was going to re-sign with WWE like everyone else does but he didn't here we go we've got him now he, he is all elite Claudio Castagnoli is back um, Smark were th- I, I don't know if you caught it but there were a couple of uppercuts in this match just a few European uppercuts Um, I think I stopped counting at like 40 <laughs> I don't care Claudio does those so well. They look so brutal when he fucking does those. I fucking love it. I love it, man. Um, and even for the win, we got the springboard uppercut. We got the, the, the spinning clothesline. The power bomb. Boom. He, uh, Claudio wins. Good addition. There's that
0: one spot that was fucking ridiculous. So, mm. Saber ends up getting him in a triangle choke, like in the ring. He, Claudio lifts him up. They end up going outside of the ring. He, he fucking like they land on the outside. Claudio still has control of him. He walks up the ring steps with Zack Saber on his one arm. Yeah. And just dumps him like a fucking barrel of hay.
1: I, I mean, the, uh, how many times have John John Cena would always say that this guy is freakishly strong? Doesn't look it deceivingly, freakishly strong. So I'm cracking a beer here, sorry. Um and We've seen it. I mean, we've seen him just deadlift guys in the middle of the fucking ring that are bigger than him. How many times did he do it to Seamus?
0: No, several times, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, you'd see him just deadlift Seamus and you'd be like, holy fuck, man. But the guy's a fucking beast. I mean, how many times did I, Tyson Kidd tell us how strong Claudio was or Cesaro? Yeah. I
0: mean, he walked around with an entire person on one of his arms and I just every time I see anything that he does, I will just never forget the idea that Loki didn't want to put him over. It's like <laughs> that's who you're drawing the line with—the guy who could fucking deadlift a bus.
1: Yeah, I got a feeling in a in a good brawl, I think Claudio would take care of himself with with uh, with old Loki.
0: He could literally chuck him across an entire fucking football <laughs> field. he's like I'm not losing to him he's like he's bench pressing you right now and you don't even know it
1: (laughs) he's literally yeah exactly I mean he's literally holding you up by your neck at this point I mean how could you not want to put a guy like that over the guy is fucking talented as hell what what was his reasoning I don't even remember
0: I mean just that it just wasn't like a legitimate tough guy or some shit I don't know like He's, he's just—it's low key being low key. <laughs> he got mad at fucking Kevin Steen at the time for introducing himself on the phone because he's like, "Yeah, it was on the caller ID. I knew who you were." <laughs> and it's like, it's like he it was like, "Yeah, I'm sorry that I introduced myself. He's
1: such a weird little man, and that's the problem. He has <laughs> little man syndrome. So yeah, pretty much. Much. All right, we got two more matches. Let me knock this right out about the time I thought we would. Perfect. Uh, Jay White retained the IWGP World Heavyweight title. It was Jay White. It was Okada. It was Hangman, Page and Adam Cole. It was a great match. I would say if we're going for Loudest Pop of the Night, I'm going Okada. Yeah, I think so. That was fucking... Def I bet that was deafening in the arena. Um but uh I, you know, the match was going. Cole, of course, ended up kind of turning on uh he stabbed Jay White in the back and gave him a backstabber. Pretty uh pretty pretty good story right there with just the move.
0: Did you uh hear the news?
1: The boys are in back in Southern town. Tribune. The the boys are back in town?
0: No, we went with two different references. We're not in tune tonight. Um, No, anyways, during that match at some point, they they never said what the move was, when it happened, or what have you. But it's being reported, it was on the Observer, that uh, Cole has a concussion.
1: It looked like it at one point, uh, pretty much at the end of the match there. Um, At one point, Jay, I mean, there was no move that really put Cole down like that. It must have been, I don't know what it was, but... And you couldn't really see what it was. Of course, the camera was switching pretty bad. But I'll tell you, he uh, just kind of, Jay White just kind of rolled over Cole. And Cole just kind of rolled over like a dead fish and took the pin.
0: Yeah, uh, like Okada went for the Rainmaker. Cole right. ducked. And then Cole just stayed down. <laughs> he just kept ducking.
1: Yeah, and it so. definitely seemed like a botch. It's it, it almost seemed like the Rainmaker was supposed to, like, connect and then Jay White was supposed to take out Okada, take advantage of the Rainmaker being used, and then pin Cole. That's what it seemed like it was supposed to do, but obviously we didn't get that far. Um, yeah, Cole just kind of rolled over, took the pin, and it was done. Uh, uh, SPC is saying it was the yeah, Michinoku driver by uh, by um, Okada. Could have been. Uh, definitely could have been. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, after the match, the uh, Undisputed Elite came out. The old the Young Bucks and Kyler Riley came out and checked on Adam Cole. But uh, another good match, man. Another fucking great match as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Oh, yeah. Which brought us right into the uh, main event. Moxley versus Tanahashi. Um, Moxley, of course. I don't think anyone... Had a doubt that Moxley was going to bleed like a fucking stuck pig. And my God, he did not disappoint.
0: Wow. And apparently that was, uh, again, to cite the Observer, apparently that was legitimate. Like, he didn't bleed. He bumped heads with a uh, Tanahashi and they, he just ended up bleeding.
1: Wow. Which led us to him bleeding tonight by just getting that bad boy cut back open. Uh, just a fucking really, really, really great match here between these two, which I you kind of knew it was going to fucking happen. These two in a ring, I mean Tanahashi, always awesome Moxley, pretty much always awesome but these two in a ring together were, were pretty goddamn good And uh, Moxley hits the old uh, Death Rider, I think is the name of it for the win, and now whenever Punk gets back remember Moxley's just the interim champion that's right So, after the match, though, we get Daniel Garcia and Jericho. They attack Moxley and Tanahashi. And uh, Kingston comes out, helps Moxley and, and Tanahashi. And then suddenly, it's all of the people that we saw tonight in the Blood and Guts match. It just was a clusterfuck ending. Crowd was still hot for this ending. But I... Unnecessary? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, definitely unnecessary. Like, I understand the purpose of it. And like, I, you know, I, you get a lot of people watching this, so you want to yeah. promote the next show. Like, it logically, it makes sense, but it just kind of wasn't needed. It just seemed like a little bit of unnecessary, like, kerfluffle, Just sort of just <laughs> bullshit that happened that didn't need to happen. It's all pure sixer.
1: I think you should watch your language. I didn't realize we were going, we were going to be kerfluffling tonight. So I think... Figured- Take it down a notch, my friend.
0: All right, I, I get excited. I, I get a passion.
1: I, I get it. I mean, you know, it's New Japan, AEW. I, I get it, but you know, we, we, we don't need kerfluffling, sir. I no. really feel that's just taking it a, a, a step too far, if you will. I,
0: I and I and I will. Yes.
1: I mean, you understand where I'm going here, so. Yes. Okay. No complaints. Like I said, I had just really thought that that one women's match was just a little slow, choreographed, definitely predictable, as you said. But otherwise, this show was just a fucking, just what I I I think it delivered exactly what, um, if you were just expecting a good wrestling show, I think you got exactly what you were expecting. If you were expecting some storyline-driven you know, complete soap opera, I think you were disappointed and you were probably the ones that were shitting on it, which I can not believe I actually saw people shitting on this. But once again, here we are.
0: Yeah, I did see one or two people and it's usually always the person, the one person in particular, it's like I, I see a lot of their opinions because of just people that I also follow on Twitter. But it's like every time I see their opinion, I always disagree with it. It's like clockwork. I always know who wrote it.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got a few pages that I look at, and I'm like, I know which dick. Yep, that's the dumbass. That's the dumbass. And for some reason, that uh, it's that same David guy from that one page that we always go to, uh, <laughs> that we were doing all those horrible takes. It's the same guy.
0: Yeah, I mean, at least he's consistent with that.
1: Absolutely. Um, I guess to just kind of keep going a little bit with a little bit of a Forbidden Door stuff, Smart. Getting to a couple of things here real quick. Uh, Yesterday afternoon, Tony Khan did tweet out a few figures. He is definitely calling this pay-per-view a success. Uh, Already looking forward to a Forbidden Door 2. One million just in ticket sales at the gate. And five million on pay-per-view is what he's saying. Pretty goddamn good being that, you know, not everyone is buying traditional pay-per-views anymore. I'm sure he's, you know, doing a little more than just traditional, but good for him, man. I think this is uh I think he deserved to have this as a uh as a a hit for him. I mean the event sold out and there wasn't even one match announced yet. Right. And the event sold. Not one match. Just the idea. Think about that. He didn't sell a match. He sold an idea. And it sold out. That's pretty fucking impressive if you ask me. For sure. All right. Uh, There was a little fan scuffle. I guess uh, down there during um, the uh, Moxley match. Uh, I guess for, I don't know what happened, but I guess they said uh, this fan was, there were two fans thrown out during the match. One of the fans actually started punching his, like the, the it says officers at one point, but I think it was security guards originally, and they got cops down there. Um, and exactly. SBC says there were two fan incidents, Another fan incident, Mark, is a fan ran down. According to security, ran several rows to take photos of Tay Conti's ass during the opening <laughs> match. <laughs>
0: several rows.
1: Several rows, which means he darted to the front to take pictures of her behind. And uh, she tweeted when the guy was thrown out. Um, Our security is the fucking best. So, fans, once again, first of all, if you're being thrown out, do not try to fight the security guards. They will call police officers and they will beat you with a nightstick, and I hope they do. Secondly, do not run to take pictures of Tay Conti's posterior
0: Yeah, probably not a good idea, just in general. Like, don't start chasing down women to try to take photos of their butts.
1: I mean, you can literally go on the internet and see pictures of her just showing her ass just fine. There is no reason to do that. None. None.
0: I mean, if only he ran more often, he wouldn't have to be on this position.
1: Well... Maybe you should have got a better camera. That's really what it should have been.
0: <laughs> that would have been a, That would have been the greatest potential capper to that story, is if he just like ran down just flights upon flights of stairs, and he just whips out a fucking Kodak disposable.
1: <laughs> He's got a Polaroid,
0: which is like straight out of nineteen ninety seven. Just click click.
1: The Polaroid would be great. Just- and he's, <laughs> he's just getting thrown out while shaking it. He's fanning it, walking away. What are you doing? The picture's not even done yet. Okay, it's got a, My ticket
0: on hand, be
1: blowing on it. <laughs> that would have been great. Oh, this is, I probably had a trench coat on. Oh man. Anyway uh two more quick things on um on the aid on the AEW thing so there was a, after media scrum smart
0: I didn't watch it this time
1: there was a scrum i i am again i'm sorry for the language but that, that that's what it's called yeah. and a lot of people are commenting on Tony Khan being <laughs> a hugger Indeed, um, we've got we've got fucking gas gas prices rising, food prices rising, clothes—pretty much anything that's being shipped is rising because of gas prices. Uh, We've got all kinds of other things going on in this world, and are we really gonna sit here and worry about a guy that is not afraid to show emotion? And the fact that he is a fan and the fact that he fucking loves what he's doing. I'm sorry. I'm not going to shit on the guy for this. I'm not going to do it. Is it a little awkward? Maybe if it's awkward to you, maybe you should look at yourself a little bit. Who I don't know who hurt you. I don't know who didn't hug you as a kid. Maybe you might want to look back at that and, you know, see a therapist. But I'm not going to shit on the guy. Yes, the hugs are a little odd. But who cares? Who cares?
0: I'm not necessarily going to shit on the guy,
1: but <laughs> I don't mean to be a dick, but
0: <laughs> Well no, it's not really him doing it. Like I, I don't like like when people just like pat me on the back or attempt to hug me like without my permission, that becomes a problem. Um but I'm I'm not gonna even make fun of him. The thing that made me laugh more than anything, and if you haven't seen it, I I implore anybody listening to find it, Okada's reaction to him being (laughs) hugged was the funniest shit to me because he was just staring straight forward, dead-eyed at the camera. Like he broke out his best Lyndon McMahon or Kelly Kelly face. I'm just like, what are you doing to me? This is not allowed. Please stop.
1: It really was. He stood there like a fucking... Like a... Picture Tony Khan hugging a statue,
0: mm-hmm.
1: a a a well carved. Yes, Asian. they were in
0: the United Center. He would have he, he would have gotten a stronger emotion if he would have hugged the statue of Michael Jordan outside of the building.
1: Right, right, right. But uh, yeah, that one was funny. But again, man, I'm, I mean, I, this is not something I'm going to put on my fucking uh, list of things to even waste my time being upset about or worrying about or even give a fuck about this man wants to hug let him hug if anyone has a problem with it that that he's hugging let them take care of it it's not for you to take care of I'm sorry it's between the, it's between the hugger and the huggy that's it the hugger and the huggy that's about it they're the only ones that matter in this situation.
0: Well, you know who didn't like it.
1: Of course,
0: <laughs> Vince Russo. Vince Russo didn't. I actually, I should have played the guess who this is, and then given you the quote because it would have been really obvious. Bro, what are we doing here? I'm even <laughs> hug my wife like that. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Is he crying? That was in relation to the photo of him and Claudio. Okay. So, I mean, well, I mean, we now know that Vince Russo is trapped in a loveless marriage, which shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. Well,
1: end. I mean, Vince Russo, show me on the doll where Vince McMahon touched you. I mean, really, come on. I mean, I, 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 I wouldn't doubt if he doesn't hug hug his wife like that. Who would want to hug him at all? He probably calls his wife bro when he's hugging her. Come here, bro. Bring it in, bro. Fuck yeah. Ugh, ugh, ugh.
0: There was two men hugging, bro. It was gross and uh, it was exciting and uh, <laughs> I was I was kicked out of the Starbucks. I was using the Wi-Fi, bro.
1: I didn't know you couldn't look at those videos or they knew you were looking at those kind of videos. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking perverts. <laughs> bro.
0: Maybe he was the guy that got thrown out for taking the photo of on. <laughs> it was...
1: It was Vince Russo in a trench coat and sunglasses. I
0: can't see it, bro.
1: Brown Well, oh,
0: luckily he used the name Vic Venom, so he didn't get in trouble. Oh,
1: of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a, I can conceal my identity, bro.
0: <laughs> fake mustache on top of his real fucking shitty beard.
1: Uh, of course, fake mustache, trench coat, you know, the, the little Brown, uh, I don't even know what you call those hats. That, uh, the,
0: <laughs> a fedora or like a twilby.
1: I think it might be the the second one. The twilby, is that what you said?
0: Yeah, trilby actually is what it's called. I don't know why I could put a W in there. Uh,
1: well, you know. Trilby hat. Let's look like at the hat and see if it's the right hat. Sometimes that can happen to people. Every day, every day, every day. That's all, folks. All right. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> like I said, it's just... This is not worth putting on my list to give a fuck about. I mean, if the guy was fucking groping men or something, we could talk. If he was slapping. People don't even bitch when a coach smacks the fucking guys on the ass as much as they're bitching about Tony Khan fucking hugging someone. No, no. Yeah, but, but any coach can slap their player on the ass as they go back on the fucking basketball court. No, no problem with that.
0: It is sort of a weird line to draw that you just spent like the last three and a half hours watching men in baby oil in their underwear <laughs> touch each other, and then Tony kind of hugs a guy, and you're like, this is fucking gay. I'm out.
1: At one point, Tony used to they go in, do the hug, and then suddenly he opens his eyes, and boom, he hits the fucking suplex. Belly to belly. <laughs> belly to belly suplex. Bam.
0: I, I would have laughed, though, just like he tried to do that with Suzuki, and he just like instinctively put him in a guillotine. Like, well, my bad, bro. My bad.
1: Suzuki would he couldn't have lifted Suzuki.
0: Well, no, Suzuki did it to him. He just like, oh, "Oh, that would have been great. Like started trying to choke him out. Like I I got scared. You invaded my personal space.
1: (laughs) I don't think it would have been that clear, but yes, I could see what you're saying.
0: Well, he would have said it in the eyes, not in the voice. He would have just, you know, choked him out, and then
1: in the eyes. All right, all right. That that would work. I, I believe you could probably definitely tell what was uh, what was happening in Minoru Suzuki's eyes if he looked at you like that. So
0: he has such a weird Instagram account because he's like one of the most legitimately terrifying men in wrestling, and like every photo that he posts on Instagram is just like the pair of socks that he's wearing that day and the cologne that he's using that day. He's a surprisingly well dressed man if you look at his Instagram. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, they do say every woman every girl's crazy about a sharp dressed man. This is true. <clears throat> I believe two gentlemen say that. Mm, I mean, see. three technically, the, you know, can't forget about Frank back there playing the drums. I wouldn't dream of it. Old Frank Beard. Frank Beard. the, the only one that doesn't have a beard is actually named Frank Beard. Is that weird?
0: It's a bit of a weird beard scenario.
1: It it is a weird beard scenario. Yes, that is. Well, that's more. See, that's like an Indiana Jones style hat, but I'll go with it. That'll work. That's very Indiana Jones right there. Anyway. Harrison Ford-ish.
0: Yeah, that is very much. And now that I'm looking at, at pictures of people actually wearing it, it's very much a like DNA insurance.
1: Which, that'll work. That's fine. That definitely works for me. Uh, one last thing. Uh, we did get a date and location for ROH Death Before Dishonor, July 23rd. That'll be at the uh, Saugus Center in Lowell, Massachusetts. Oh, boy. You're going to have a hard time parking your car.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh. Watch out for the trans ones.
1: Oh, it's going to be a ball buster Oh my god, you got to run into a cocksucker Jesus Christ Oh my god
0: At first I thought I couldn't do a Boston accent Then I realized that I can actually do a decent Bill Burr, which is the
1: same thing Well, you see, I watched uh, The Departed a few weeks okay. ago Or uh, The Departed As you would say in Boston, The Departed And uh, Great movie They said Corksucker a lot. You fucking Corksucker.
0: Which is an entirely different thing than a Corksucker. It's a Corksucker.
1: I'm like, I really, I I feel like I just went home for a while. This is like my cousins talking to each other very nicely. What's going on, you fucking Corksucker? Ah, Not much, you fucking piece of shit. All right, see you later, buddy. Okay. okay.
0: So now that I'm thinking about it, there's a lot of shows that are set in Chicago, and like very few of them actually have decent Chicago accents.
1: Yeah, that's
0: kind of how it happens, man.
1: But uh, the
0: Chicago Fire is alright. There's like the guy in there, Herman, that has a good Chicago accent.
1: Yeah. Tell you the truth, it was always funny when um I, everyone, we used to uh, Christopher Kane stopping by. What's going on, sir? And um, we would be. Uh, I would always, you know, I watch NYPD Blue and Dennis Franz on that show, Andy has the heaviest Chicago accent ever. And I always just kind of wondered why they never just told a little bit of a backstory just to tell how he got to New York. Because the accent, I guess they just figured, you know, people were too stupid back in the 90s to pick up between a Chicago accent and a New York accent, but it's pretty fucking obvious. So that's all the time I'm going to spend on that. Um... And uh, that's about it, Mark. We can get into. Uh, I pretty much just kind of all mine was pretty much AEW stuff. So you got a few AEW things. Go ahead and roll with those, and we'll just we'll just keep it going, brother.
0: Well, well, actually, you know what I'll do is right. I had sent this to you last, but people don't have to know that. Uh, this is more of a. I just told them there's. This is more of a fallout from uh, the Forbidden Doors show. Right. We did talk about FTR won the IWGP and the Ring of Honor Championships, they already had the Ring of Honor Championships, but they won the match and um, follow up to this, the Great Okan is back in Japan and finding comfort after a rough Sunday. Great Okan teamed with Jeff Cobb at AEW in New Japan. It's forbidden door to take on FTR and Rapungi Vice, and a winner take all about where the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships and the IWGP Tag Team Championships were on the line. FTR came away with the victory, capturing the IWGP Tag Team titles previously held by Great Khan and Jeff Cobb. A bit redundant, but we're going keep on. Great has returned to Japan after his title was stolen, air quotes, and found comfort with a japanese porn star but of course mm-hmm. when in rome uh the tweet says quote returned to japan the belt was unreasonably stolen by ftr so i'm comforted by porn star i'm a poor person and uh the photo here which i'm going to go ahead and post in the old nixlet chat mm-hmm. wrestling is a con with three porn stars well three women i'm not going to assume they're all porn stars that's a bit rude
1: yeah, one of them. Uh, then the poor girl, you know, on on the left is like, oh, she's very sad. She's like, oh, I'm not getting any love.
0: Yeah, it's very much a third wheel here.
1: No, and you know, she'd probably love love him a long time.
0: There was a uh, there was another photo that he posted.
1: <laughs> you asshole! You could you, you <laughs> fucking prick! <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't. No, know you
1: were about to laugh, that. and you went, "I don't want none of that," and you kept going. I I know what you did there, you bastard. Go ahead, okay.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the point of the story is is that this man is is out here living the life. He's got two porn stars on his side. There was a photo like a couple of days before the Forbidden Door show where it was it appeared to be him like about to be receiving a blowjob in a jacuzzi and he had a caption about that that was rather interesting. There were some photos of him, like when they uh, came to the US for the first time, of him riding one of those giant mechanical penises and him surrounded by strippers or prostitutes. You take your guess. So he is just making the most out of his uh, journeys throughout the world. He's a world traveler.
1: Oh, very nice. Christopher Kane said that's racist. No, that was a movie quote. That was not racist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you're not a racist, you're a cinephile. Good, good, good spin. I like it, I like it. No, it's, it's, it's from a movie, of
1: course. It is. It was from Full Metal Jacket. Absolutely. 100. See, I got
0: this interesting movie. It was called Song of the South.
1: Man. No, it was Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> it, it, was, it was part of a song, too. It was part of uh, Who uh, Two Live Crew. Yeah, Two Live Crew. Two Live Crew. Are we the only show that talks about Two Live Crew? That's where we did this, like, two weeks ago.
0: I imagine there's got to be other shows to talk about two life crew. We could be the only show that talks about three life crew. If you want to like relive that stable from T and it, it had Ron Killings who yeah. aged is never, yeah. uh, who else was in that stable? I think Conan was in that fucking stable. Uh, what's his name? Road dog was in that stable. Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. It, was, it was a time.
1: Christopher Kane says he's still Christopher Kane. I believe that movie right now is on Netflix. It's either Netflix or... Uh, no, it's Netflix. You can catch that on Netflix right now if you want to watch Full Metal Jacket. Mm-hmm. And it is a really good movie. Um, Vincent D'Onofrio is a ridiculous actor. Man, he, he's on a, the list of uh, one of the actors I want to uh, <clears throat> focus on for a Hollywood Hangouts. So. Um, and hey, while I'm talking... Couldn't
0: to be Chef. I really like that one. Which one? It's a movie called Chef. Oh. And he plays... A chef, you would have guessed it. But yes, it's a really good movie. Basically, like mm. the story is, is that he's like at this Michelin star type restaurant, and actually, I'm thinking of John Favreau. Never mind. Let's end the story now. John you said Vince D'Onofrio. I was thinking of John Favreau. It's two different people.
1: I would definitely say another incredible actor, but he's just—he's more than an actor. He's an actor. He's a producer. He's a director. He's fucking like everything. That guy. Uh, John Favreau, you know, you see him playing these crazy parts, like in The Replacements. He's playing this crazy, you know, SWAT guy who's just, you know, insane. And but he's really a very, very incredibly intelligent, uh, intelligent guy. Former, former boxer, I believe. Yeah. You can look at his. He's got the. Uh, he's got the cauliflower ears.
0: Because we're can saying he saw Two Live Crew live.
1: Really. Yeah
0: can't remember
1: no no Public Enemy it was Public Enemy I saw live
0: I saw Slick Rick and Dougie Fresh live once that was it was interesting
1: I saw Crisscross Cross
0: live all right you've, you've got me beat then I suppose
1: no we got into a fight with him
0: yeah I remember that <laughs> actually yeah <laughs> this um, is like there's a weird like our, <laughs> i have a weird inner circle of like friends who have legitimate like personal beefs with rappers it's a very weird thing
1: i wouldn't call them rappers
0: well no maybe not in this case but you know we have another friend who has beef with rappers
1: i would just call them little pop stars they were pop stars crisscross were pop stars. they weren't rappers
0: yeah,
1: essentially. They were basically just pop stars, but uh, anywho. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, great Ocon. You're right, man. Living his best life. I fucking love it.
0: I, I wish that he was in a different company. Because I just, I don't see this working in New Japan. But, like, if this was his persona and he was in AEW, like, he would be getting over so fucking huge. Of just, like, various photos of him just, like, hanging out with porn stars and strippers and, like, getting drunk in the nightclubs. And-
1: yeah, you're right. It's not really the New Japan style. But if this is the character, I mean, it's kind of like, it's kind of million-dollar man-ish.
0: A little bit.
1: Ish, which could work. I mean, you got to remember back in those days, it was... You know, those were even more PG days than now. And uh, he could still make this work and still be. He said he was hanging with the porn star. He didn't say he was doing anything with her. He's just getting a kiss. Of course, that one girl's hand is in an interesting spot.
0: Mm -hmm. But it's all crapped out. Nothing to worry about.
1: Yeah, there you go. There you go. So uh, there you go but I, I just feel bad for that one girl she looks very sad back there she really does
0: I feel for her too you are gonna it, have to get in touch with
1: her he's got his arm around her at least so she's getting a little bit of love that's a good thing that's a good thing so alright I think we've uh, driven that story into the fucking ground as far as we can mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I think I think it's dead in the hole I think we've covered it up and I think we should make a new hole now. Go ahead. All
0: right. Speaking of holes, um <laughs> dig Paige that hole. announced that she's retiring. That's not a story that we're covering. Uh, <laughs>
1: wah, wah,
0: wah. I guess I got another AW story that we could talk about. This is uh <laughs> Oh boy. Uh, you can never make a smooth segue out of this. Jake Atlas' domestic violence case gets dropped. So there you go. Speaking of holes, uh, the domestic <gasps> violence case against, well, he had dug himself into a hole, dug himself out of a hole, Uh, which is what I did by <laughs> making that segue up. Anyways, uh the domestic violence case against former WWE NXT and AEW wrestler Jake Atlas has been dropped. TMZ first reported Tuesday that Orange County, Florida, I like how they put Florida in parentheses. It's a very interesting, like, did we read that specific detail anyways officials canceled a tuesday hearing following an investigation in which quote it is the opinion of the writer that this case is not suitable for prosecution the aforementioned documents were filed last week and the matter is closed the 27 year old atlas was arrested on may 23rd on domestic violence charges after attacking his boyfriend in an incident that began at an orlando florida bar and continued at a friend's house He was released by the police that day, with Tuesday set to be his arraignment. Atlas is recovering from surgery to repair a torn ACL. He got that in an injury he suffered uh, during a match with Adam Cole in January. It was reported earlier this month that he is not expected back in AEW, where he had just signed before getting hurt. He was not under a contract with them, but instead was working on a per-appearance schedule.
1: um. Yeah, this is something we talked about a few weeks ago. Um, we kind of thought, that I believe both of us said this property is going to go nowhere. It just seemed like more of a argument that went bad. Um, so I'm kind of glad this got dropped. Um, <laughs> both of us were on the fence. I mean, it was unfortunately, it was two guys. Going, you know, it wasn't, I really felt the domestic violence thing was sort of a, bad stigma to put on him so I'm glad it was dropped I'm glad it won't be brought up anymore and I'm glad it won't be on his record that's that 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 actually is a good thing because like I said that's that's just as, as soon as you hear those two words put together you see you just think of you know you think of a man beating a woman it's what you think of when you hear domestic when you think of domestic violence I mean it could be the other way around obviously but that's kind of where your brain goes thanks law and order SVU
0: yeah. I I I'm, I'm inclined to believe the same thing. That's usually the image that gets conjured up when you hear domestic violence but...
1: Right. 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 Um and yeah, yeah, Christopher Kane. We did get into the Joey Ryan thing. We did forget to mention that uh R. Kelly got thirty years in prison. Um you know, R. Kelly gets thirty years and uh that uh Giselle whatever gets twenty years for trafficking underage. Uh but, Anyway, <laughs> d- d- I, I, I for what those girls said she did to her, I uh no sentence no sentence lighter than death would have been good for me. But anyway, um as far as I'm concerned, R. Kelly too. You do stuff to underage men, women, girls, I fuck you. Die. Anyway. Um yeah. Where were we? Uh <laughs>
0: I mean, you, you can't be out here peeing on people.
1: No, but no, you can't. Well, he was doing. I mean, dude, he didn't. He didn't get a peeing charge. You got fucking child trafficking charges. <laughs> Goddammit. Peeing charge. Forget the peeing charge. That's a fucking misdemeanor. Um, but anyway, like I said, I, I am. <laughs> I'm glad this. It just uh, makes
0: me think of the Boondocks episode. <laughs> if I see R. Kelly peeing, I am moving. It's not my fault that bitch couldn't move.
1: Uh, really happy for <laughs> Jake Atlas that this is dropped from his dropped, dismissed. Not going to be on his record. He'll be uh, he'll be all good. Matter uh, more than likely this will all be sealed and gone for him. So good, good, good.
0: It's kind of shitty though because I mean nothing ended up happening to him, and, and now he's still not going to be back with AEW. It's so probably going to end up being an impact. He gets in, recovered, so he's kind of on that. Uh, uh, Rich Swann role of just like he got in trouble for something that ultimately didn't end up happening or he didn't end up getting charged with. And now he's going to be stuck in career purgatory.
1: Uh, yeah, he may be. And, but you know what? It got dismissed down the road. This will get forgotten. He can end up back somewhere. I'm not worried about him, to be honest with you. He's talented. He's young, got a lot of time. Um, and uh, if he can stay healthy, then he'll be, uh, I think he'll be just fine down the road. Yeah, hopefully. I do, I do. Christopher Kane says, Jade Cargill still looks like she's give boring BJs. I, you know, I'll, 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 I, I, I would like to, uh, to see. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't mind finding out. Um, yeah.
0: Impartial judge. I would like to know. What it is one can do since he has brought this up a couple of times and put him on the hot seat, what can one do about their physical appearance that would make them look like they give interesting or exciting or or preferable DJs? I mean, I guess it's a tongue ring situation, but
1: Layla Gray, she does. Layla Gray, Layla Gray, Mm -hmm. she looks like she'd give an interesting one. She does.
0: Can confirm I think he's I looking, mean that she has a great ass I, again,
1: I got a her, feeling you know. I got a feeling he's looking for some DSLs I, I think uh, he's saying that she just has thin lips Jade Carkill maybe that's what he's he's saying maybe no I don't know I can
0: see that let's see
1: maybe I don't know maybe we should uh,
0: all we got back was interesting so we're gonna have to change topics and maybe circle back
1: <laughs> oh god I don't want to circle back okay. <laughs>
0: I mean, I do. I would like to know more about this situation. For more information, I would like to visit my public library. Uh,
1: uh, next segment brought to you by DraftKings. Uh, I, I've
0: been telling you that we haven't had Ted Talk in a very long time. That was sort of an, before we the name change.
1: Ah, you're right. You're right. Oh, okay. He says, so oh, we
0: need an, an inaugural an inaugural Ted Talk. We need to christen the boat. Uh, that and her attitude. So thin lips and her attitude.
1: I don't know. Sometimes those thin lips can get suctioned. Um her attitude. Looks like she'd suck the fucking curl up the trailer hitch with that attitude. That's just my opinion. But uh anyway <laughs>
0: I mean there are certain people where it's like they just like they can look nice, but they don't necessarily have it where it counts. Mm. Like just as an example, like if we're in a lobby, these this accusation of people who look like they give boring beaches, I would definitely put Jennifer Aniston on that list. Like, very attractive woman. Looks like she's probably pretty.
1: Yeah, but she just she doesn't have much of a personality at all. She's just no. really, really hot. dummy I mean, she's gorgeous. That's
0: um, why she's had such a successful career. It's like she doesn't say anything offensive because she just doesn't have any opinions.
1: Kara, Christopher, Kara, is she still gay? Isn't she bi? I don't think she's full. <laughs> is she still gay? I don't think, you know... Women change their minds so much, Christopher Kane. You, you, you've always got your shot, brother. Uh, you've always got your shot, dude.
0: I, I just, I like, I would like to picture her just like sending him a letter, just like one of those rejection, like from an employment, like letter of like, well, we're not currently interested at this time, but we will keep you in mind for future positions.
1: I regret to inform you, I am still gay. Uh, <laughs> Things could change yeah, down the be line. Bi, I
0: don't know. I, I didn't know she was gay. I kind of came up as a little bit of a surprise. Cause next thing you know, it's like, all right. And her and Diamante are getting down. It's like, well, God bless.
1: Yeah. Like I said, I'm not sure if she's gay or bi or it doesn't it, either. It, it doesn't matter to me either way. Um, and yeah, I think you're right. I think it, it was her and Diamante, which uh, I, 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 uh, that would be fun to uh, be a fly on the wall. Um, I was say,
0: it's a, it matters either way to me. I would like to see photos. <sighs> so either way, <laughs> either way, I'd like to see photos.
1: Uh, I mean, is better, but hey, you know, beggars can't be choosers. Uh, they were Chris, supposed to
0: open up an OnlyFans together, and then I guess it just got switched. I like think they decided not to. She has one.
1: Well, luckily, Natty and her sister still have their OnlyFans, and uh, that, I'm sorry, one day a cop's going to show up in their, at their door and just go, you guys know your sisters, right? Okay. You, you,
0: yeah, you. They, they apparently they went live. Well, I have photographic evidence of this, but uh, they went live yesterday. And apparently, apparently, Jenny was wearing an outfit that uh, left very little to the imagination, and things kept popping out, and Natty had to fix it, which is really kind of creepy and gross if you think about it, because like she just reached over and just put her titty bag in place, and it's like, yeah, that that's that's not cool. But
1: okay, um,
0: uh, yeah, I will in the Mixler chat, mixler.com/slash Wrestling Outlet for those who'd like to
1: see. You're. uh you're a, you're a Mitch, Mark. You're a Mitch. Yeah. You're a good man. You're a good man, is what I'm trying to That's say. It. You really are. You really are. I've, uh, if I haven't told you, you're, 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 you're a good man. All right, let's continue.
0: <laughs> all right, I'm going to be looking for that for a minute. So if you're waiting on me to read another news story. Um, I
1: went through every one of mine because they were all AEW. I was trying to stick with the topic, and I didn't want to spend time on a lot of them, which is kind of why I just kind of didn't
0: well i have more about inappropriate sexual conduct if you want
1: why don't we keep (laughs) going let's just keep going all right
0: so it it, not necessarily a surprise to anyone at this point but uh vince mcmahon didn't got himself in some trouble no i say some because he's not really being held accountable for anything but anyways in a long time in a long-form New York Magazine article, Words are Hard Sometimes, written by the author of the upcoming Vince McMahon Unauthorized Biography, a former WWE wrestler corroborated the female referee, a reader, <laughs> it, A, words are hard sometimes. <laughs> oh, you just, see,
1: and you just went New York. You added an R to that name.
0: Yep. Yeah. Rita Chatterton's sexual assault allegations against McMahon. Chatterton's... Chederton, WWE's first female referee, also spoke to writer Abraham Raisman, but did not want to go into details about what allegedly happened in a limo that July 1986 night. This was her first interview since 1992, and that 1992 appearance on Geraldo Rivera's daytime talk show. Uh, she accused McMahon of raping her in a limo in 1986, but because of the statute of limitations had run out, no charges could be brought against him. Uh, Mario Mancini became the first wrestler to speak out on the record and corroborate the story, uh, choosing to speak to Reesman now because of McMahon's current day issues that has a special committee of the WWE board of directors investigating him on allegations of misconduct. Mancini and Chatterton have known each other since the early 1980s as they trained together at a wrestling school. He claimed Chatterton took him aside before a 1986 WWF house show and burst into tears describing what happened inside the limo, which included McMahon forcing her to perform oral sex before pulling her on top of him for sex. From the article, Uh, doesn't want to use the word rape while talking about what happened, but he describes something that sounds like the conventional definition of that term. Was she taken advantage of? Absolutely, he says. Was she scared of to death? Absolutely. Did she want to do that? Probably not. Chatterton said that she wanted to talk to McMahon about her future and gaining full-time employment, yeah boy. After McMahon said he didn't want to discuss it at a large dinner, oh dear God, she and others were at. he suggested they go to dinner and talk privately which of course, you know, McMahon's the kind of guy that would just like taking her to Burger King for this. But uh, while outside getting into her car, she saw him in his limo and he suggested they talk there as he was tired. The limo driver was not present at the time. Reisman wrote, she declines to describe to me the specifics of what happened next and then detailed what she had said before in two separate appearances with Rivera. McMahon allegedly said in order for Chatterton to get a $500,000 a year deal he had mentioned to her before, she would have to, quote, satisfy him. I worked really hard not to do the McMahon voice there. That is when he allegedly forced her to perform the aforementioned acts and el- or elms be blackballed from the industry. She didn't tell her story initially due to a fear that her elderly parents would suffer health issues due to the stress after they passed is when chatterton decided to go public the then wwf declined to comment on allegations at the time as they were dealing with several other of their well-documented scandals however he and wife linda sued chatterton Rivera, and several production people and former wrestler david schultz claiming they were part of a conspiracy against the mcmahon's the suit was eventually dropped Chatterton also spoke to uh, is also speaking out now due to the latest controversial McMahon headlines. Uh, so yeah, that's basically what ended up happening is that uh, there's more allegations out about Vince now and more unsavory shit. Uh,
1: well, I mean, obviously this is an older story. We've, uh, I don't think we've actually ever really mentioned, well, we, we I think we've mentioned, mentioned this in passing, but uh, I don't think we've actually ever kind of Dove into this one at all? Um, this has been a story all around obviously a long time. If it have you know it happened, and I think she uh, said she came out in 1992, right? Mm. Something like that. So, like I said, this has been talked about. Listen, when right, one person accuses you, you deny it. Okay. You're famous two, three people maybe even, you could maybe even get away with that. But when this just kind of keeps coming up over and 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 over, eventually, where there's smoke, there's fire. That's all I'm saying. Right. You know, I tend to believe this girl. I really do. I don't know why, it just, by her story, it seems very... Vince. And it also seems very 1986, too. I hate to tell you, but it seems pretty 1986 to me. If you go back and watch movies from back then, it was a crazy fucking time. Everyone was doing coke and doing shit just like this. And Vince has said he was very promiscuous back in those days. He was always cheating on his wife. So could this But have
0: yeah, been- that alone, not a cool thing. But then on top Absolutely. of that, it's like, not only are you out here cheating on your wife, but you're also, like, forcing women into sex so that you can cheat on your yeah, it's like you're you're particularly working yourself up into the like scuzz bag hall of fame with that kind
1: of thing. Well, and again, I mean, like I've always said, you, you know, anyone who says McMahon is a scumbag, I, I I just kind of look and go, oh, yeah. And the sky's blue. I, I, I mean, we know this. Look, I, don't, I don't care how much entertainment the guy has given to me over the fucking years. This guy's a scumbag. Sorry, he just is you have to be a scumbag to last as long as you've lasted in this business and be as big as you've lasted as as he is in the business he's in be it the wrestling business or the entertainment industry both so i tend to believe this i think this was another one that was swept under the rug it has all the telltale signs of what they do when they sweep this under the rug oh she's lying no, this is no, no, oh, all she wants is money, but I don't know, man. I mean, you know, five hundred thousand with inflation from nineteen let's see, from nineteen to nineteen uh, eighty six, right now. You know, the inflation on five hundred thousand would be about three million smart is what I'm thinking. <laughs> it sounds like sounds like the same payment to me. Sounds man. about right. Sounds about right. <laughs>
0: wow, he, 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 that's actually disappointing if you think about it. I guess even like out his rate. he's still just like kind of low lowballing people.
1: I wonder has 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 Jerry McDevitt been the attorney since 1986? Is he counting in inflation on this hush money? It's, um, <laughs> boy, Vince. Well, I mean, of course, getting,
0: he's going to pay the bare minimum.
1: This is getting more expensive every year, Vince. Okay. <laughs> I can't. Why am I laughing about this? It's not funny. It's really not. That's funny.
0: That's just how cavalier they are about it. That it's like something that the accountant brings up. It's like it's the hush money budget is just getting its through the roof. But like, the blood money shows are going to have to do to pay for all this hush money you're throwing around?
1: Yeah, and I mean, but I, I now the only now she did this on Geraldo. Geraldo isn't exactly known for having. What are those things called? Scruples? He's not...
0: <laughs> I to say journalistic integrity,
1: but yes. You know what? That's a better one. Journalistic integrity. Um, I mean, Al Capone's safe. and man wasted fucking five hours of everyone's life. It was empty. Oh, my God. I remember sitting there on the floor of my house, watching, waiting. Me and my dad, anticipating, waiting, and and nothing. Oh, my dad was so pissed. He was so pissed. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. It, it, it different times, Mark. It was a different time because it was you know this was live TV. You couldn't just, uh, you know, flip over to on-demand or watch anything else. It was this or whatever else was on the old, uh, on the clicker at the time. They were still connected to the TV. Mm. Yeah, my dad was not happy that safe was empty. But um, I don't know, Mark, I mean, what, uh, what do you got on this? I mean, do you, first of all, let's start there. Do you believe this story? Let's just start right there
0: yeah more than likely like it, especially the fact that like th- that they attempted to sue her because of this where it's like yeah i understand if somebody's like bringing false allegations you would probably want to sue them but then it just also seems like a very defense move to be like not only am i going to lie about this but i'm also going to sue you and take your money which i gave you in the first place to perform loot sexual acts
1: oh hold on i'm drooling right now um
0: it's not that hot. Let's calm
1: down. I just, no, I just pulled up your picture. Uh <laughs> ah, <yes>. <laughs> I, <laughs> Oh. Right. right, we've got a
0: little bit of everything in this in this show. We've talked about the uh, domestic abuse from a botched threesome. We've talked about incest. We've talked about abuse of power. It's all kinds of scenarios. Role playing in Daddy
1: Oh, God, that is. Oh, I'm going to have to keep those. I'm going to have to bookmark those two. Good job, Smart. Way to go, Smart. Wow, those are... Yeah, those two uh, could definitely make a lot of money together. Um, Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, like I said, um, and you know, uh, do you... Does Mario Mancini really have any reason to lie at this point? At all? About this? No, I don't think so either, man. I, and, and, you know, I see a lot of people, well, the timing on this is, well, the timing on this is, exa- how about she's fucking, oh, another one. You didn't believe me when I came around. Now look, another one. And I know he wasn't accused of the same things with this, with this current one. I know it was a consensual relationship. Um, What would you call this? Calling into Character the man is still a scumbag is what this woman is trying to say. And no shit is my answer.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's not surprising. And unfortunately I still tend to believe that very little of consequence is actually going to come up any of this, but I guess we'll see.
1: Nothing will with her statute of limitations is up. There's nothing they can do.
0: Oh, for sure. But I mean, Her getting involved could potentially, you know, add a little bit more fuel to that fire.
1: Eh, Like I said, it could just call his character into question a little more, which again, this is no, this is not an old story. This has been through, this has been through the ringer. You got to remember when your company goes public, they dig into your life, dude. Every single one of you to make sure there's nothing that's going to come back. They saw this. This has been public information for a very long time. So, board of directors knew about this, They and they knew it could come back up again, and they knew they could probably squash it again, which, well, this is probably the only time we're going to hear about this is because it's going to go away. You and I both know it. It's going to go right back away now. So, enjoy us talking about it, because we probably won't again. Anywho.
0: There you go. <laughs> so, speaking of things that won't go away, John Cena. <laughs> He's uh, the 20th anniversary of his debut was I guess they were it was celebrated on this Monday. Uh, uh, it was on Raw because ratings.
1: Celebrated is an understatement for what it was. But please proceed.
0: <laughs> well, when you don't build new stars, you got to focus on the old ones. Uh, from the Observer, AW stars Brian Daniels and Chris Jericho and Paul White appeared via video on Raw tonight congratulating john cena on his 20th anniversary of his debut danielson white uh who appeared under their wwe names daniel Bryan and the big show were first to congratulate john cena later jericho appeared in another segment also congratulating cena which i didn't see but i hope that the lower third just said like fuzzy front man chris jericho um, others that appeared throughout the night to congratulate Cena included Trish Stratus, how about that, John Blank, Bradshaw Layfield, speaking of inappropriate sexual conduct, Kurt Angle, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Randy Orton. Uh, J- JBL did not bring his broomstick to the ceremony. Cena appeared at the start of tonight's Raw with the roster appearing backstage to congratulate everyone. He also appeared in the backstage segments with the Street Profits and later Austin Theory who ran down Cena. He attempted to take a selfie with Cena, but he walked away before Theory could take the photo. He later appeared in ring segments, thanking the fans. Cena made his televised main roster debut on the June 27th, 20, or 2002
1: mm-hmm. episode of
0: SmackDown, where he faced Kurt Angle in his debut match.
1: I remember where I was. I remember seeing him come down to the ring. I was in my my house off of Southwest 10th Street right behind Krabby Jack's. I was sitting there and I saw him come down and I said I'll be damned. There's your new, right there that is your new fucking star. And boy, I was right. You just knew. The way he came down the way he did, he did that whole thing with Kurt Angle, the way he just, you know, did the whole ruthless aggression thing and he, he, he didn't win that match but I, you just knew. You just knew that he was going to be the new guy. And goddamn, from that day on, he pretty much was. Yep. So, but uh, yeah, this was a little more than just a, a tribute. This was like a fucking, I mean, the mouth was open. The the, the I mean, there was swallowing. They were gurgling. They were fucking, <laughs> this was like. Please come back. Please come back. That's what it felt like. It felt like they were begging him to come back. Please come back. Please.
0: Like the Vince McMahon equivalent of Dixie Carter groveling at Hulk Hogan's feet.
1: Oh, oh no. That was just plain gross. That was, that was, I don't even know the word for it. Just disgusting. Is what that was. That was awful um but uh i don't know man the, 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 this just felt like please come back but i mean listen 20 years um a lot of people that's that's pretty good cena's definitely was a big big part of that company he i mean think about it for half of that half of those 20 for a decade we dealt with the same fucking john cena mm-hmm. every week every pay-per-view Sometimes twice a week.
0: <laughs> I close my eyes at night and I still just have to see him wrestle Randy Orton. For the
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, you just kind of... You'll be sitting there in your car and suddenly you'll just go... Dun, 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 dun. and you'll you know, what, what the fuck am I doing? Why? why, why?
0: Not this, necessarily proud to admit it, but I did have his rap CD. I didn't buy his rap CD. That's an important distinction. But I did have... <laughs> legally downloaded and feel as though it was important enough to put onto a blank cd Ooh, so bet. money was essentially wasted in some regard
1: napstered that bitch mm-hmm. nice
0: There, were, i forget the name of it there's a website for a while there where you just it was like free dot com or some shit
1: uh i was a limewire guy
0: Oh, I was too, but this was a little bit like later on down the line because it was like two thousand six, two thousand seven or so, hmm. and after that, like it got to the point where LimeWire had just given like so many people computer viruses that they just <laughs> peer-to-peer programs stopped being a thing. Really,
1: yeah. Yeah, then they, now you got BitTorrent. Mm-hmm. So that's always a good thing, right there. So. Um, all right, Smart, we had one more here that you're gonna get, if you still want to, otherwise we can just get into AEW, whatever you want to do.
0: Not really a time-sensitive thing, so I think we have, we can save it for maybe next week. All right,
1: I'll keep it in there, that's fine.
0: That's a tease for something that you
1: don't know about. There you go. All right, so there we go. So that means I can dump all this right here, and I guess we can just go ahead and get right into AEW, man. It's, uh... Wow, with everything we had to get into, I think we're going to actually wrap up at a pretty decent hour here. Um, AEW, another... I got to tell you, I thought it was a pretty fucking good show again tonight, man. Um, I, I i thought this show went fast as hell. Yes, we had that whole one hour just dedicated to the um, main event, but it was worth it as far as I'm concerned. But this show, once again... You know, AEW, Smart, we always say that they definitely always know how to kick the show off and get the crowd hot right away. Because, I mean, if you've ever been to a wrestling show, they hype you up right before you go on TV. So they don't want to just hype you up right before you go on TV and then bring you down with some bullshit. I mean, this is what WWE does. They get you all hype, and then they give you a fucking 20-minute promo. And you're like, well, I could have just you know I was I was just pretty happy what happened there, no I, I like what they what what uh, AEW does they get the crowd hyped up you go on boom cameras on yell scream and bam right into a fucking hot match Orange Cassidy versus Ethan Page, uh, and of course you know you got Dan Lambert I loved the whole if they don't show a manager's license they need to go I love this manager's license.
0: Oh, so you knew I was gonna love this, and I love that too. Was just the idea of him like demanding to see a manager's license, or it's time for them to go.
1: I, but I really wish they broke one out. They should have done it, or they should have had to go see Karen mm-hmm. <laughs> at the manager's I, I, desk.
0: They're leaving. They're leaving money on the table by not doing wrestling. Uh-huh.
1: hmm. I'm telling you, man. They need a a, a a fucking desk. We need to get more licenses in wrestling and they need to apply. We need to see this. I really, I'm telling you, man, I think he, smart. I think we can make this work. My man.
0: I'm saying, I mean, there's all potential kinds of roles for, you know, like you said, Karen, for the administrators at the wrestling DMV. There's all kinds of people you could have play these roles.
1: Absolutely. And you should have to have a wrestling license to drive a car, Mm -hmm. a wrestling car license, because, you know, you're not really driving Um, to drive any vehicle like just think about it. If Stone Cold had to get a fucking had to show a license to drive the beer truck, you would have (laughs) wouldn't have been great to see him go see a lady and (laughs) get my beer truck license.
0: But he would have had gotten a lot of licenses because there was a beer truck. I think there's like a Zamboni. Yep. There's a couple of different pickup trucks. There's yep. like that four wheeler that he had. Yep.
1: Well, yeah, I, I'm I'm a little like that. If it's got wheels, I can drive it. I'm kind of the same way. Mm. If it's got wheels, I can fucking drive it. Um, motorcycles included. So I get where he, where he's going, but uh, I. The crowd, once again, I love when this crowd chants, shut the fuck up. And I love that they don't even try to bleep it. They don't even try. It's like, nah, what are we going to do? Just leave it. Just let them fucking do what they're doing. So they're chanting, shut the fuck up. Uh, Really a good match. Like I said, every time you know Orange Cassidy is in a match, you know you're going to get two things. You know you're going to get good wrestling and some fun. A good comedy. I liked him trying to get out... Of the uh, basically the razor's edge by putting his his hands in his pockets, you know, just fun stuff like that. I really feel, and I've said this before, I feel that uh, Orange Cassidy is comedy done right. Comedy and wrestling can be very goofy, very corny, very 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 hokey, and his can be the same way. But delivery, comedy is all about delivery, right? Smart. I think he's got a very good delivery on what he does. Uh, his look helps it, his attitude, everything. It's just it, it, the package is all, it all clicks. It all clicks with Orange Cassidy. Yep. And
0: he, it was the debut of his new theme, which was his old theme, which is the one that he used on the Indies. It was Jefferson Starship
1: with Jane. Jane, yes. Yes, it was. Now, I got to tell you, Jefferson Starship is... If you've ever looked at the, like, dug into that band a little bit, they are very tough to deal with as far as licensing and all that stuff. I'm a little surprised they even dealt with this. Uh... And that band's had so many. I mean, there's stories of the. What is it? The 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 guitarist beating up beating the drummer so bad he had to go to the hospital and shit. There's been some pretty crazy stories about that band. But there's also been some stories. I mean, um, what was the guy's name? The, the I forget the original singer, but um, he had to. Uh, he sued for the name, which is why they became. They were Jefferson Starship, then they were just Starship, and then they were they'd been through so much stuff. Crazy little little thing with that whole thing. But like I said, it's just amazing that they got it done. But good for them. Yes, for yes,
0: indeed. And in relation to that, <laughs> since we're talking about Jefferson Starship slash Starship, um God, what is his name? Tony Deppin uses The song Built This City on Rock and Roll as his theme in GCW, which is great because he's supposed to be an obnoxious asshole heel. And that is about the best song that you could use if you were being an obnoxious asshole heel.
1: I forget what year it was, but that was actually one year it was voted the absolute worst song. Mm -hmm. Mm, It was. Apparently that song, like there's all kinds of things like unwritten rules you don't do when writing music. And that song like breaks every one of them. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Imagine breaking rules and taboos to to come up with that song.
1: I don't know, I don't know, but apparently that song is. I love that fucking song. I think think it's pretty fucking good. I like the beat. I like the fucking the word. I think it's a pretty good song. And they, I think they were even Jefferson Airplane at one time, Mark. <laughs> I think they were actually called Jefferson Airplane at one time. So, um. But anyway, like I said, started off hot. I thought this was great. Um. And you know, if you wanted to just piss off the crowd a little bit, I think they definitely, uh, definitely uh, did their job here with bringing out Christian Tony Chavoni. Um, I, I, I do want to put a quick message out, to Tony Schiavone. Uh It's time to get rid of the earrings, buddy. Um,
0: <laughs> no, I like it. I like midrite, midwife, midlife crisis, Shavani the earrings,
1: dude, I'm my I, I my ears pierced too, but I don't wear the earrings. Sure. Um, no, I just think it's time. I just it's starting to look like old dude wearing earrings. I don't care for it. It doesn't anger me at all. Meanwhile, they brought out Christian Cage. Crowd was booing the fuck out of Christian as they should. And he says, listen, upper management came out. They told me to apologize for the remarks I made about his father. Obviously, we know Jungle Boy's father is Luke Perry. Um, and uh, he says he's he's sorry. Um, he's sorry that Jungle Boy's whole family wasn't dead. Except, of course, for his mom. Because I think Christian's going to try to bang his mom. Um and uh, the crowd was just pissed off. I I, you know, I I didn't care for the comments last week. I really didn't. I, and, and again, it didn't anger me. It didn't upset me. I just I just thought it was unnecessary. And I kind of thought this was unnecessary too. <laughs> Well, yeah,
0: it's just sort of doubling down on that.
1: It really is. And again, it doesn't upset me. It's not going to, I'm not offended by any of it. I just think some of it's unnecessary. A little distasteful, but it's wrestling. I expect a little bit of lowbrow, you know, humor in it. or Not even lowbrow humor, but even just, you know, lowbrow. I expect that. It's not a big deal. But... I did think I, 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 you knew it was coming. Oh, except for your mom, you knew he was gonna do it, and he did. He he delivered. Um, and then Smark, we got the new Luchasaurus. Evil music, black tights, black mask.
0: Yeah, what is it that they're trying to say in AEW that he's evil now that he's all black? <laughs> What's your problem, Tony Khan? Um, also, uh, Christopher Cain I'm, I'm going to no sell that. Dinosaur just... is the heel now, which may be like.
1: Well,
0: they have a they have a heel dinosaur.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to no sell that just like you sold no soul my shit, bitch.
0: All right, uh, well, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's two different kind of accounts of racism. <laughs> you made a miso horny joke. I accused Tony Khan of being a racist. We, we all go
1: our separate paths. In we, we really do. You know, we really do, Smark. And, and we all meet up on that path somewhere, usually. Um. Anyway, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, obviously, it's just kind of a... Black is for evil, Smark. And it's just the way it's been for a very long time. There's nothing you can do about that. But um, I don't know. I kind of... Uh, it's interesting, but I... You know what's going to happen, either one of two things. Either Jungle Boy is going to come back, and he's going to just be like, oh, my God, what happened to you? What happened to you? Or this is all a ploy, and when Jungle Boy comes back, Luchasaurus is going to turn back to being face, which I don't think is going to happen. I think we're going to be having heal Luchasaurus, which I don't think I've ever seen a heal Luchasaurus, to be honest with you.
0: He was. He was in uh, Lucha Underground. It was. He was part of that uh, Cobra Moon stable. Mm. It was now Thunder Rosa, of course. Okay. Not to pull back the curtains for anybody. That's fairly common. Oh,
1: you know, you're spoiling shit, Smark. What are you fucking doing?
0: I will say, I will admit to being dumb. And like the last season of Lucha Underground, there's a character that's Dario Cueto just playing somebody else. And oh, I didn't Jesus. know it was Dario Quaid until like five episodes in.
1: Oh, and by the way, I was like, way, man,
0: where is Dario Quaid? And it's like, no, it's just, it's the same fucking actor. He's just playing a different character. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm
1: an idiot. I mean, it happens. And, and by the way, speak of spoiling shit. Right before Claudio debuted, uh, old uh, Dave Meltzer decided to tweet like 15 minutes before it happened, he tweets Claudio's in the house. Hey, dipshit, you couldn't have fucking waited? You couldn't have fucking waited? You spoiling piece of shit.
0: I wish he would. I, 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 we're all just like interpreting how he, he meant that because it was text. I choose to believe that he tried to say that like way more hip. It was like, yo, Claudio's in the house. He's like, you know, like throws the microphone at him. Like they're in like a fucking freestyle
1: cypher. Either way, he's spoiling it, Smark
0: yes that's sort of a thing in relation to that they had the nba draft was like last week i want to say Uh and like now it's gotten to be this thing where it's like so fucking obnoxious that espn has a guy that like comes on and spoils the picks before they happen
1: because he's like their
0: insider he's like their dave Meltzer, which is weird because like there's actual sports insiders and wrestling insiders are kind of a made-up thing but mm-hmm. he, he was he's there, dave muster i guess and he just like comes on and like right before the pick, he's like so-and-so is going to the fucking denver nuggets
1: wow like hey fuck could can i have not waited for that you bitch yeah i agree man yeah what's wrong with the fucking people man no one wants surprises anymore we are, we're all addicted to fucking instant information we are and it's because of fucking smartphones
0: and in relation to Dave Meltzer, I believe Sasha Baron Corbin says, What a bum brain of a cabbage.
1: I agree. Well, I don't know. The guy's been smart enough to uh, just talk about wrestling for the past, you know, many years and get paid for it and make a living out of it. Not so stupid. I mean, I'll shit on the guy, but not so stupid when it comes to that. He's made a living out of this. Yes. Absolutely
0: He's had built an entire career In like the communications industry Despite Not being able to do so very well
1: No, and I mean obviously can afford steroids So, you know, hey <laughs> um, He
0: has fucking muscle Dead Meltzer on here.
1: What, what? Oh fuck, I said that out loud Didn't I? God <laughs> damn it Super
0: Fucking tight polo shirts I do <laughs> like, well, I can tell you how you didn't get that muscle, fucking cleaning your house,
1: well, you yes, <laughs> lifting boxes
0: off the fucking floor. It's yes, in
1: that picture. Well, I mean, it, here's the thing. If, if you can afford steroids, you can't afford to buy new shirts, so your shirts shrink. Mm. And that's what happens. Um, they, just, they, they look much tighter on your muscles. Anyway, <laughs> uh, evil.
0: <laughs> I'll never forget that time where, like, he almost got himself into a lot of trouble talking about the angle between The Miz and uh, Damian Priest, where he was like, they tried to steal The Miz's hubcaps, and, you know, Puerto Rican guys. is like, what are you trying to say, those?
1: Well, he should have gotten in trouble for that.
0: He, shut he basically implied that Puerto Rican men steal people's hubcaps. It was the most wild shit. I was like, how did you not get into trouble for that? Hey. And you were doing a show with Brian Elvarez. So it's like, how did he not catch that and grill you on it?
1: I have no clue, man. I don't know. It's just the way it happens sometimes. But uh, it's crazy, man. It is. But Meltzer's just, Melcher's Teflon. What are you going to do? Hey. What are you going to do? <laughs> uh, but anyway, We had evil Luchasaurus smart. Now, when I saw Serpentico, I said, squash. Easy, easy squash. And it pretty much was. Serpentico tapped out. And uh, Christian and Luchasaurus are walking out. Uh, they get down. They're on the floor. And they stop. And Christian gives him the old nod, the old get back in there and grab him and beat the shit out of him. So he does. Luchasaurus does. And uh, there you go. That was pretty much it. Uh, uh, you know, uh, heel luchasaurus. I hate to say this, but this little debut for heel luchasaurus was a little anticlimactic.
0: Yeah, a little bit. Cause I mean, I, I guess it'll more well unfold down the line, but the whole mm. idea was like Christian was telling him that he needed to talk to him and that he had some like, I guess, I don't know, maybe it was implied that he had some dirt on him or whatever. Oh, he didn't really get to hear anything about that.
1: I think, I think it's going to come out that he was uh, saying that, you know, Jungle Boy was just you know you, you you were this big tough guy and then you know suddenly now you've got you come down and you got Jungle Boy on your shoulders and you're this you know kind of yeah, yeah what are you a kid's character what do you huh I think that's kind of what it's going to come out being you know you were this big tough dinosaur and now you're just uh, kind of this little toy for everybody to play with. I see maybe I mean some people pay to be a toy but anyway that's neither here so do you here.
0: think this is gonna be like a promotional tie-in where like Chris Pratt has to talk some sense in the luchasaurus
1: <laughs> maybe possibly um boy I don't know Light your bomb this week I don't know if you should talk anything mm. it did it did bomb I'll tell you what Elvis cleaned the fuck up this week in movies um my parents said it was great, the Elvis movie. They really did. They said it was incredible. Um, now, my dad is a huge Elvis fan. We've established that.
0: Impersonator, too, yes.
1: Has before. For some reason, still has two outfits to dress up as Elvis. Owns them. I never understood why he bought the outfits, but uh, that's neither here nor there. We'll talk about that in another show.
0: Um, <laughs> I have an interesting theory, but I will not oppose that to you. Maybe, you
1: know, maybe, maybe for a movie show I have my dad on one night.
0: <laughs> I would absolutely... I've never met the man, but I would absolutely do a movie show with your dad, just full-on Elvis in person. I,
1: he would do it. We could do it on...
0: Uh, <laughs> it would be even better if we weren't talking about the Elvis movie. If we were just like reviewing fucking like Stand By Me or something.
1: He would do it if I asked him to. That's the bad part. He seriously would. Uh, He wouldn't care. He would dress up like him and get on camera on his computer. He wouldn't care. He would do it. I'd have to help him, but he wouldn't care. Um, Anyway, after all that, we get Tony Chavone. He's backstage. He's got Wardlow and Scorpio Sky. Um, I hate to say, but these two do not have talking chemistry together. And Wardlow, um, Wardlow. Why are you talking like some professor? You need to fucking butch up a little bit. Uh, suddenly he's gotten a little too comfortable. <laughs> that that makes sense?
0: Professor Wardlow. Uh,
1: does he not sound like he's being that? He's like, listen, I really don't want to make you angry. But um, I really feel that we should... I mean, dude, come on. You were... You were fucking going out there, like, growling a few weeks ago. Can we get a little growl out of your voice? You well, know, you don't want to
0: ease in on Keith Lee's territory. Uh,
1: yeah, well, he's uh, Keith Lee's not annoying when he does it. This is annoying to me, personally yes. only. But uh, they do announce they're going to have a street fight for the TNT title uh, next week on Dynamite, I believe. Yep. There you go. Uh, we get the acclaim coming out, Smark, with the Gun Club slash the Ass Boys. Um, and this is going to be versus Danhausen. Now, they didn't know who Danhausen was picking. Danhausen picked FTR, and the crowd lost their minds for FTR. Listen, I'm. We, I, I, I say we because you said this earlier, Smark, I'm obviously not speaking for you, aren't the biggest FTR fans on this show. But I will say they've been really putting out some great work, putting on some good matches. I personally just didn't feel that the comparisons to Tully and Arn and the old school were legit. I've always said that. I don't think they're Tully and Arn. I don't think they're close to fucking Tully and Arn. I don't. Why? Southern accents? One's got a yeah. mustache? What? Really?
0: Pretty much, that that's just what they want to be, so they're just going to have them draw those comparisons.
1: Well, that's great, but you can't put out your own comparisons. That's not how it fucking works, right? <laughs> what, what did it, what did SPC just say? Uh, Dan Dan Houseboat. Dan Houseboat. <laughs> I would
0: actually much rather see Dan Houseboat. That sounds like a way better like character. I'm just like, he's this guy, like he's just divorced dad. He's fallen out of hard times.
1: He lives in a houseboat. This has to be like the character from Ford Fairlane that Gilbert Gottfried played. Ooh. That, that you know, me-
0: the only movie I can think of that had a houseboat in it was the movie Ladies Man. Cause I think Leon lived on a boat.
1: Leon did live on a boat. You are 100% correct. Uh, great movie right there. But um, yeah, I, <laughs> that's, uh Dan Houseboat I captain
0: <laughs> I like the idea of Dan Houseboat that's it's a way better character than Dan
1: House uh SBC you have just named the show for the night thank you sir uh I will I will I'm giving you credit right now I am definitely naming the show Dan Houseboat because that is the best name and the best character I think we could come up with Dan Houseboat that is so awesome
0: no, my God. It is, it is pretty great. You just, like, maybe he's, like, Orange cast, He's, like, degenerate dad or something. Oh,
1: yeah. and I, Oh, definitely. Well, I mean, why? Do, he says, okay. Oh. Yeah. No, we, I mean, you have to, why does he live on this house? But obviously he was kicked out of his house.
0: Can we think of, a am leaving this up to you. You could one-up me on this one. Mm. But I'm thinking the only, the person I think would portray this character the best, it's a problem because I don't think they're actively wrestling anymore but the honky-tonk man,
1: Ooh.
0: Dan Houseboat. Like he's like fucking unshaved. He's yeah, fucking honky-tonk man is a legit alcoholic. So he could, he could play that part too.
1: Mm. He shows
0: up with his Gatorade, which is like 5% Gatorade and 80 you know, like 90% vodka. I
1: like this. I like this. I like, I, I, I like it. I do, I do. Um I'm trying to think of scuzzy people in wrestling that
0: aren't actually legitimately scuzzy people that were like in legal trouble.
1: Let's see here. Who, could, who would be a good... Let's see if the chat room... Well, feel free to join in here and figure out who could play Dan Houseboat. Um, you're right. It would have to be a scuzzy kind of person. Um, <laughs> man, I hate to say, but Terry Funk would be a great Dan Houseboat back in the day. <laughs>
0: Yeah, t- Terry Funk would be good.
1: Terry Funk, good uh, Dan Houseboat. Bath-hausen, bathhausen, Bathhausen, SBC, Bathhausen. I like I mean, that Baron one. I Baron Corbin would work,
0: he's right. He, he does suggest Baron Corbin, but like, yeah, that, that's where that, oh, yes.
1: Jeff Hardy? He's right,
0: Raven. Raven I, would be perfect. Dude, I'm
1: not going to lie, I swear to God, I was thinking of Raven. I swear to yeah, God. Th- you that's
0: it. He, he still wrestles a little bit, I think. So, yeah, you get Raven out there as Dan Houseboat.
1: Dude, this is a great way to get Jeff Hardy back in. Dan Houseboat. Yeah, that's... Yeah. And and then you can bring in... Um, I don't know. Rusev would be... Rusev would be a great Bathhausen. I don't know, but...
0: Um... Yeah, I don't know. Rusev doesn't, like, give me scumbag vibes.
1: No, no, no. For, for Bathhausen.
0: Yeah. Well... Ah, no, Bathhausen is Alex Wright. <laughs> like, for some reason, that's just perfectly clear to me. I don't know why, but I just, when I hear Bathhausen, I just see Alex Wright disco dancing.
1: Kozlov, Vladimir Kozlov.
0: Yeah, he could be as heavy. That would work too. We're about to get a lot of out of work wrestlers some jobs with this.
1: Oh yes, especially Dan Houseboat man. You could basically take any fucking scumbag drunk from back in that Marty Gennetti. <sighs> oh no,
0: <sighs> oh, God! I don't know if you know him that well, but his literal gimmick. Oh God, Na- Spider Nate Web. Like, look up oh. Spider Nate Web. He-
1: no, I know who he is. I know who he is. Absolutely. He is literally
0: perfect for Dan Houseboat. This would be and like, he still wrestles. Mm-hmm. It would work perfectly.
1: I know who he is. GCW guy.
0: Yeah.
1: I okay, have, I definitely CCW know who.
0: back in the day, too. I think he was on XPW, or not XPW, uh, Wrestling Society X.
1: Yes. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. I do remember that. Um, but yeah, man, that's a fucking Dan, Dan Houseboat. That's pretty great. Ah, uh, thank you, SBC. You just saved us a lot of fucking questioning after the show. Now we can just be like, okay, we're um, okay, awkwardly out of here. Let's leave. All right, um, all right. Back to that was great. That was that, that was awesome.
0: Actually, I'm not gonna lie. He did me a lot. Li- he did me a real solid because I'm just gonna be entirely honest. I didn't watch this match. I that. saw Dan Housen, and I saw FTR, and I just said, I'm not going to do that
1: to myself today. All right. Well, from now on, when you watch, you're going to go, holy shit, Dan Houseboat or uh Bathhausen.
0: Well, yeah, it's going to make it a lot better, because I'm going to be thinking about Dan Houseboat instead of Dan Housen, which is an infinitely better character.
1: Absolutely. I, I still think you got something there with Honky Time, man. I wouldn't mind seeing him back.
0: It's um, like a manager character, sir.
1: Oh, there you go. I still say Marty Jannetty would be a good, a good one for that.
0: That's too close to reality. I, I don't I can't trust Marty Ginetti in a prominent role.
1: No, talk about not working with. I mean, Jesus Christ. Go back to the beginning of the show. Talk about not wanting to work with fucking teenagers, um, especially teenagers, especially teenage girls. <laughs> you know, she could be daughter. Is all. <laughs> I couldn't help it. She was hitting on me. Uh, she jumped on me. Um, anyway, uh, Jade Cargill versus yes. Layla Gray. Uh, Layla Gray with the ass. There you go. Christopher Kane. Um,
0: the lady who gives boring glow jabs versus the lady with the ass. <laughs> there
1: you go. Um, this was basically a squash. Nothing really to spend a lot of time on. Jay did grab the mic from Stokely. And, uh, she basically, I'm just going to paraphrase. She's ready for a real opponent. Statlander and Athena came running out. Um, Athena was up on the top rope and Layla Gray pushes her off. And she kind of was trying to get in with the group, kind of walked up to Stokely, but Jade was like, bitch, uh, move out the way. Move out the way, bitch. Um, <laughs> and uh, that was kind of it. They just kind of walked out. I like this, but I think they're... We're a little pressed for time tonight. Kind of felt like this was a, this whole segment from beginning to end was rushed.
0: Yeah, it did feel that way too. Honestly, uh, yeah, I would agree with that.
1: I think they probably would have been better off not advertising this match and probably skipped it, um, maybe. But again, I mean, they did give this whole this uh, this last match um, a whole hour. Um, what did you think of the pop for Jr? I liked it. I thought it was pretty cool. They brought out Jr. and let us all hear that nice little cheer for Jr. There, I thought it was nice.
0: Yeah, I'm all for it. I always love be some Jr. Whether it's Grumpy Jr. or like Original Recipe Jr., it's all good.
1: I mean, I I prefer Grumpy Jr. We 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 all do around here. For sure, absolutely. <clears throat> oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, um, and then I'll tell you, Smart. They played a great. Um, I mean, I, I, I just called it a hype video. It was a hype video for the match, but it was more focused on Eddie Kingston being in the match. I thought it was a great little hype video for, for just a hype video on that alone.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I I believe they were doing, they uh, put this out as part of their like the road to rampage or whatever, or not rampage dynamite. Right. Because they do those sometimes before the bigger shows, they put out the little like a special vignette. Uh, compilation video whatever so i think that's what they originally did this for but yeah it was it was a pretty good video package that they put out They they do this really well that's one of the things wwe does well too now
1: uh-huh. it's just the
0: video packages and i guess it was sort of foreshadowing for how the match ended up ending the story that they told yeah, so it's it interesting bit. that a lot of the focus was on just specifically the eddie kingston chris jericho portion of the match
1: yeah yeah, most definitely. Uh, I definitely thought it did. But um, plus that Ruby, I love staring at her. Um, so we get right to the main event, which, like I said, they dedicated the whole hour of this show to the main event. It was uh, Jericho Appreciation Society versus Blackpool Combat Club. This was the uh, blood and guts match. So we got the old, uh, basically it's a war games match, double ring cage. Uh Obviously, Chris Jericho was paying uh, homage to uh, Michael Hayes.
0: I'll go with it, because we were trying to figure this out in the chat room here. Uh, Let's see. What the hell is Chris Jericho wearing, Christopher Kane said. And I have no idea.
1: I think he was paying tribute to Michael Hayes, and I believe the rest of the group, either that or they were going for uh, the boppers from the Warriors. It could be. Could have been, could have been. Check out my, uh, go to YouTube, Hollywood Hangout, check out my Warriors review on YouTube. You'll see the boppers, you'll understand, you'll understand that uh, comment after that.
0: Well, it's never a bad time to pay tribute to Michael Hayes.
1: No, never. I mean, you know,
0: I don't mean. Don't do bad street, Atlanta, GAPS.
1: I mean, if you, know, if you came out asking, you know, hey, where's Rosa Mendez? Uh, <laughs>
0: they just like swap her out like ma- during the match like ain't fib style from fresh prince instead of take on to, it's just gross it's gross bed bad there
1: brings her out takes a shot with her uh <laughs> <laughs> just doing a good old
0: belly shot of fucking jackdash mm. I was so disappointed when like Michael Hayes wasn't put in charge I would have popped so hard if that was like the new guy that was in charge instead of fucking Bruce Prichard
1: <laughs> <laughs> they know better they know better <laughs> Um, so we get Kingston, Santana, Ortiz, they all come out. Um, then Claudio comes out. We get Wheeler, Yuta, Regal. Moxley comes out through the crowd and man, that was a long walk. It looked, did he get lost?
0: Potentially had himself a bit of a spinal tap moment.
1: I think he got a little lost, uh, walking down. I, I'm not, I'll tell you the truth. I'm not sure if he got lost or the walkway got crowded by people and he had a divert. I kind of think that's what happened. Because it looks like he had a plan and his plan got, and he was kind of thrown off because his plan got kind of mucked. I don't know if people got in his way. The crowd rushed. I don't know what happened. But it looked like he got a little bit lost. Meanwhile,
0: that would be such a great way to kill time before a match. Well, just like literally have one of the wrestlers just get lost and you're just following them backstage. Like they get on an elevator, they go to the wrong floor, they have to get back on the elevator. You just keep like cutting to see the opponent just looking on, just bored and angry simultaneously.
1: The match hasn't started yet, so they're not counted out.
0: (laughs) And then like as soon as they get in the ring, the bell rings and like it's an instant fucking time limit draw because they took so long getting to the ring.
1: No, the match hadn't started. It wouldn't work.
0: Ah, that's true. Yeah, well, I guess if you do the thing where it's like TV time remaining, like they used to do back at the Mm.
1: That would work. That's
0: how you set it up for next week. It's like, well, tune in next week to see the actual match.
1: (laughs) There you go. I like it. I do. I do, man. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, But yeah, meanwhile, it gave the crowd more time. Because I got to tell you, this crowd loves singing to that fucking Wild Thing song. They really do. More than, I, I believe, maybe even a little bit more than uh, Singing to Judas.
0: Perhaps, perhaps.
1: So we get Claudio in there. He's kicking off things with Sammy Guevara. Talk about the two, probably the two best guys to start this match off in the ring. A couple of high flyers. Get the crowd right away getting into it. Um, and, I mean, just staring at each other. The crowd was fucking chanting and hot already. They were literally in 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 two different rings, staring at each other, and the crowd was already chanting, "This is awesome." Um,
0: I did like the idea that they basically had Sammy just like trying to evade Claudio, and then trying to piss him off, so that he would charge him, so that he could escape again, and then he just like bide time until the next band showed up.
1: Yeah, and man, the crowd was not the dude. They hate Sammy, and they hate. I hate to say it, but they sound like a bunch of jealous virgins. Um uh, <laughs> when they're <laughs> about what it sounds like. Uh Utah, Wheeler Utah finally gets in the match and he just has a nice little suplex party with everybody. Um now, Smark, did you have a little moment there when Claudio and Hager faced off and we got a little We the People reunion and the crowd even chanted We the People for a minute.
0: I would have, had TSN been working a little bit better tonight.
1: All right. Wait a minute. They didn't show that?
0: Yeah, well, T- let's say that TSN went to a lot of commercial breaks during that match. Oh,
1: uh, well. They're... And I mean
0: commercial breaks and not that the stream kept going down. And uh, it's not fair for you to insinuate such things.
1: I, uh, Sir, I did not. I was just asking about if you saw this moment. Obviously, you did not, but they did face off. Um, and the crowd immediately started chanting, We the People. They both got a little smirk on their face, <laughs> like they were trying to hold back a smile. Um, it was a pretty cool little moment. And, uh, Moxley, bloody as fuck again. Like you said, if that was hard way, it definitely got ripped open again tonight. But the old skewers to Matt Menard, the old, uh, The old Masada move, right? That's Masada, who's known for those, right?
0: Yeah, he does break those out a lot. They, both of them, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: both members of 2.0, they fucking took some serious bumps tonight.
1: Yes, they were both bleeding pretty bad. Now, Minara wasn't bleeding horribly. He was just bleeding from that spot, pretty much from the skewers. But uh, the other guy was fucking, I mean, that was some deep red blood that he was bleeding. Um, Jericho gets in. He's got the bat. Ortiz jumps right on him. Uh, finally, Kingston comes in. He's last to come in. He's got the kendo stick. He's fucking everybody up. Um. And then, I mean, I, I got to tell you, I kind of walked away for a minute to grab a drink. I come back and they've got motherfuckers strung up like they're being fucking, pro- like they're deer being processed for fucking meat.
0: Okay, that's the thing about this. Because, yes, th- there was somebody was hanging from the cage. Mm. They never showed it. Like, they did not show how the fuck they got out there. So, it's like somebody just like somehow magically escaped. It was very odd.
1: You see, and, and another thing happened during this. Jericho and Kingston were up on the cage, and they were picture in picture. And they were just about starting to do something. And then suddenly, and I was watching on the TBS app, um, mm. suddenly they went to full-screen fucking picture or a full-screen commercial. I was like, are you fucking kidding? This is why they need to keep track. um, They need to watch what they're doing with the picture-in-picture because if you use... I I believe you can't use too much picture-in-picture. I think you only have a certain amount you can use. I don't know how fucking it works, but it seems like that's how it goes because after a certain amount of time, they go to full-screen. They went to full-screen like right as Jericho... And Kingston were really starting to get into it. And I was like, well, this is fucking bullshit.
0: I don't know what you how much you saw or how much like the general public saw, but my special TSN feed. Uh, Kingston and Jericho were going at it. Kingston got the better of Jericho. He started to attempt to try to throw him off of the cage, and then Guevara like saved him.
1: Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I did see all that. I saw Guevara come up there. Um, and oh, there
0: was I, another spot that made me laugh was uh, Kingston comes out and he has a bottle of rubbing alcohol. Yes. And somehow, I don't even know how the fuck this happened, but somehow the rubbing alcohol escaped the cage because Tay had it and she was trying to give it to Chris Jericho and she was trying to, like, force it through the hole in the cage and she was, like, mashing the shit out of the bottle and Jericho kept yanking at it. It just wouldn't come through the cage. I don't know how so like it, whatever they had in mind with the spot, they just had to abandon because they couldn't get the rubbing alcohol back at the cage.
1: I don't know how they got it out of the cage, but I know at one point, uh, not Matt Menard, the other guy from 2.0, hit Angelo. Yes, he hit Kingston, knocked the alcohol out of his hand. I was laughing at that one too, but I mean we had fucking thumbtacks, the canvas ripped up, fire extinguishers. Um,
0: <laughs> Did you see the, the power bomb spot with Hager through the table? Yes. I, I, I like a lot of people like serious took some serious bumps and got really bloody and we'll talk about one of them in a minute, I guess but the the table spot with Haker was like the safest table spot I've ever seen in my life. and if, then the poor commentary team had to put it over like it was like death. I understand why they were doing their jobs, but he just like lightly fell through the table.
1: Someone needed to put an accordions like like an accordion noise there because he slowly folded up like an accordion.
0: Yeah, he's basically doing the splits, and then he just like slid down the top half of the table.
1: It was pretty gentle, pretty light, pretty, pretty, pretty light. But uh, at one point, we get uh, Conti, she's trying to open the door, and then Ruby Soho ran out, which is when um, my attention once again got peaked. She's I'm, she was holding a camera. I'm just a fan of Ruby. Um, and then we see, like you said, Jericho climbs up to the cage. Mark Kingston's right behind him. And they're brought... Now, I got to say, when Sammy climbed up there, you knew. You knew you were worried. I worried as soon as I saw Sammy climb on top of that cage. I knew he was not going to be up there without getting down very quickly. Mm -hmm. I knew he wasn't going to climb down. I think you did, too. (laughs) Um... Now, when Sammy gets up there, he takes out Kingston, right? And we got all three up there, Smark. Did you notice how long they... Number one, did you notice how long they they were lying there? Number two, did you notice they were obviously talking something out when they were up there?
0: Yeah, it was a little bit obvious.
1: No, it was fucking blatant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and real quick, fucking it made me laugh because... I was expecting I was expecting JR at some point to call Claudio Cesaro. Which didn't happen no. as far as I could tell. But you mentioned Tay Conti trying to get into the cage. Uh Ruby Soho runs out. And of all people, Taz out loud just keeps yelling Ruby Riot over and over again. <laughs> and they're, they're, they're trying to cover it up.
1: Oh fucking Taz. Uh, maybe, maybe he was telling her to riot.
0: Yeah, he's like, ah, Ruby's rioting out here. Yeah, that's what I meant. There,
1: <laughs> that's what
0: it... <laughs> he just throws a smoke bomb down and escapes. Cass <laughs> out! <laughs>
1: and he's out.
0: Okay. <laughs> he's a small man. He can slide through some hope.
1: He probably could. He probably could, like a mouse. Uh, like a little mouse. Um... Eddie Kingston did end up throwing Sammy Guevara off the cage. Listen, this was not like the McFoley spot. He fell on a much larger platform. There was obviously some things under it. I don't give a fuck. There's ways that can go wrong. That's still a fucking. That's still a big fucking bump to take. I ain't doing it. I don't want to do it. I still fucking think that was a great fucking spot. It still looked good. It still fucking did its job, in my opinion.
0: Right. Well, I mean, we were, last year, people were talking about the Jericho spot. Mm. Because it looked like he very obviously landed into a crash pad, and, like, people were talking shit about it, and he still ended up getting injured
1: anyway. Right. Exactly. He did. He did. So, I mean, listen, man, you can get hurt doing fucking anything out there, man. You land the wrong way, and, I mean, it's... It, it, it it's a it's a body it's fucking can get hurt so
0: speaking of before i we should, i feel like we should talk about this now and then mm-hmm. talk about how the match ended so we don't end on a complete downer did you see what happened with Santan
1: no I it mean, was kind of
0: hard to see a little bit cuz he comes out and like as soon as he comes out he gets into the match his knee buckles mm mm-hmm. And so, basically, he's, like, laying down for a minute or two, and he's, like, laying alongside of the cage. Like, he's on, he's, like, he's still in the cage, but he's, like, laying alongside of it by the door. Like, basically just out of the way of everyone. Right. So, I guess they go to check on him. He gets up. He attempts one, he he attempts some offense. He attempts a move. And then just immediately goes right back down. Ooh. And then that was the end of his match. Like, he wrestled probably a total of about a minute or so. Just... Cumulatively, and he, the rest of the time was spent him just like laying against the cage because like they couldn't take him out, I guess, or what, for whatever reason. So he was just yeah. like out there just being in pain for about an hour, which kind of sucks for him. But it seems like it's going to be kind of a big deal, and unfortunately, there's been a lot of people who've been talking about it earlier that have been getting injured. So I guess add another one to the list.
1: Man, I didn't even catch that, but I mean, they were they were the camera work was so crazy in this match. So I did not catch that. I hope he's going to be all right though. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, another move that was worrying me a little bit was uh, Claudio swinging Jericho.
0: Yeah, a little bit, but I trust him. I feel like he knows what he's knowing.
1: I know, but he gets dizzy that one time, and I don't know, it just made it a little weird. Um, next thing you know, you see Matt Menard coming up there, and Claudio grabs him. He puts him in the sharpshooter. You get Kingston. He's got Jericho in a submission also. Now, we see, we clearly see Menard tapping out. But once they replayed everything, Jericho clearly was tapping out too. They were both tapping out at the same time. Now, Kingston was pissed because Claudio got the win here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he thought, but it, it, I got to tell you, it, it kind of made, Kingston seemed like a whiny little bitch more than a... I don't know. I don't like this. A win is a win.
0: Yes and no. I mean, I I can see your viewpoint on this, and I think some of that might be intentional. I know. Because if they're trying to rehash storylines a little bit... The idea is going to be essentially how it's going to play out is that Kingston's going to tell everybody that Claudio's a piece of shit. People are going to think he's an asshole because Claudio's such a charming person. And then Claudio is going to do something that's going to he's going to turn heel somehow. I feel like Chris Hero is probably going to be involved in that. But if that ends up being what happens, that they're they're laying the groundwork for that. And but like I also get the idea a little bit that like, you built, you know, the whole video package and the majority of this feud has been built on Kingston trying to get his hands on Jericho and try to beat Jericho. Mm-hmm. And he had that moment and he was, like, seconds away from him and then Claudio, like, kind of came out, like, he hasn't even been in the company in an entire week and he came in and, like, just swooped in, saved the day, won the match, everybody was celebrating for him and then Kingston was just dejected because he didn't end up getting his white whale, as it were.
1: See, I'm not sure I agree with that. I think it's going to be... Just the fact that I think it's just going to continue the Kingston Jericho storyline more. Uh,
0: I, I think for sure Kingston and Claudio are going to feud at some point.
1: Oh, absolutely, M- most definitely that'll happen. But I definitely see this Jericho thing going because Kingston's going to have to beat Jericho now.
0: I did sort of one laugh on a little bit at like Claudio trying to console Kingston at the end. It's like, oh no, we're all friends here, buddy. I'll, I'll take you for some ice cream. Be <laughs> yeah
1: get me falafel bitch Uh, Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) I don't like you and your large nipples partner (laughs) which by the way that did make me laugh because as they're wrestling on top of the cage Kingston and Jericho one of the fans that's like eye level of the cage from where you would see with the camera holds up a sign a yellow sign with like bright with like these big letters that says Claudio has large nipples (laughs) Oh no has sausage nipples there. And it was just like, you completely broke the tension of the moment, but it made me laugh.
1: <laughs> Jesus, Claudio, you without the shirt, I'll make pepper want a pepperoni pizza. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> I
0: could find, I, I took a screen cap, but I want to see if somebody else posted it on Twitter.
1: Oh, what? Okay. okay.
0: <laughs> Fine. Not if Claudio large nipples. You can see those on your own. T- oh, yeah, here it is. Here it is. I'll, I'll post it in the Mixley chat again for those who are there.
1: Is it Claudio's large nipples?
0: Well, it's it's a sign.
1: Oh, the sign. Okay. I saw the sign. (laughs) Okay,
0: And the guy holding the sign is so proud of himself. Claudio has sausage nips.
1: He is so proud of himself for being on television.
0: God bless this guy. God bless him. (laughs)
1: I mean mouth wide open happy that's fucking awesome right there and the, the, the dude behind him is just like well, he,
0: he, he got to win because like he's in like kind of a higher section of the seating area Yeah, so like he didn't pay a lot of money and he still gets to be on TV and his sign is very visible to people like me who get easily distracted by things like that
1: not quite sure the guy here with the girlfriend shirt on that just says GF Uh, Interesting crowd. Interesting crowd.
0: (laughs) There's one. I'll send it to you later. I'll post it in the Wrestling Umbrella page. But I was watching the uh, pre-show for Forbidden Door, and one of the matches ends, and they cut to a guy, like they're trying to show the crowd being excited, they cut to a guy who quite clearly brought his son and is having none of this bullshit there's like a bunch of guys celebrating along alongside of him. But he's just as nonplussed as humanly possible, just staring forward with like the most blank and disappointed look that he could that he could be anywhere <laughs> on his day out. But here he is.
1: Uh poor guy. Oh shit. All right, Smark. I got nothing. I think we're good. Yeah. I think we got through everything and more. Um I think you're excited
0: good? for Royal Rampage. Um They announced that. They announced that you're going to be doing a twenty person battle royal. I wonder where they got this idea from. And the winner
1: yeah, I wonder. gets to
0: face John Maxley.
1: Yeah, whatever. Uh interesting. Now there you go. You know, we do have Money in the Bank this weekend also. Yeah. It'll be coming up. I don't know what I'm gonna if I'm gonna watch it or not, but um we will see. But uh all right. There you go. But once again, I will um we will be here next Wednesday, and um, it's the Wednesday after we're not going to be here. The 13th was what I said. Correct? Is correct? Yeah, that's what I said. So, um, but uh, there you go. Just wanted to remind everyone of that, and I guess we can go ahead and knock these plugs out, Mark, real quick. That's right. I want you guys listening to high marks. That's right the high marks. That's right. It's Cheese Man. It's Mojo. It's Gee Wiz. It's Sunday nights, 8.30 PM Eastern Time. And you should be listening. If you are not be ashamed of yourself, go directly to Mixler. Dot com, so that's Metal Mitt Podcast Network. And follow that page so you know when they are going live. And that way you will always know when they are live. And you can check out Bobby Anthem, Bobby Blades. They are the inhumans on the Inhuman Experience. You can check them out on Apple, Google, all the usual podcast platforms. While you're over there checking them out, go ahead and search for the Everything Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. Uh, that's Eric Doug, and Daniel over there Unscripted uh, unscripted Wrestling Podcast I believe, but if you're on Blog Talk Radio, it's EUP Network Check them out over there And uh, like I said, I'll be back this weekend I'm sorry for last weekend I really I felt the cards in my hand And I just couldn't I just couldn't Leave the table um, But I will be doing the movie Trespass, it's summer I figured I'd give everyone a little bit of a, a little bit of iced tea over the ice cubes give a little bit of that plus i watched that movie and forgot how good that movie was uh trespass with Ice tea ice cube and many many others i'll be reviewing this week and uh that is it smart let it rip man
0: you got it cheese on sports returns in august in the meantime be sure to listen to mojo and dirk's most dashed show you got dirk doing shows while he had corona He's the hardest working man in show business, that boy. Uh, You gotta love it. And Mojo, he is going ape. So check him out. And in the meantime, you also want to check out our friends at Planet Raccoon Tour. It's the Planner Back on our podcast with Bobby Anthem, Papa Dave Sincere, and Yuck Nasty. You got all 16 episodes of season one. You got season two and all its glory. I believe we're up to 10 episodes. So be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode because there's always one on the horizon.
1: All right. Well, there you go, folks. We'll be back here next Wednesday. Like I said, I'll be back this Saturday. And um, that is it, folks. Smart, appreciate you joining me. Glad we got that out of the way. Forbidden Door, AEW. I think is just having a great fucking time right now. And uh, they're all just doing great. So uh thank you everybody for downloading. Thank you everyone for listening. And uh see Yes. Oh, my voice ain't working right now. Later everybody. Time to take your drunken ass home. It's
0: all right uh...